0: Don't
1: wanna
0: be a player. I don't wanna be playing no I'm not a player, it's a lot. Money, shy, Still got what you looking for. for I wanna be, a I don't wanna be a no more. I'm not a player, it's crush a lot. you wanna still head not, not play, but you still a hater, to the top. When I'm not, who Up in the sky, far from the lie. put my twinsito, up in the Benzito. With my Kiko from Queens, stick me there, nigga. We go back like PAs and PJs and wear BJs. Now we reach the gauge, running trains for three days. Who wanna ride? It won't cost you a dollar. Whether soaring for harder, of course you're still gonna holler, mama, I'm thick. Mm. I rip my b f- through your hooters, I'm sick. We couldn't measure my b d- for six hooters. Hold up, hoola. And the black brand, but last, I don't
1: discriminate, I regulate every shade of that, I get you show class, and pass my test, fat, I'm intelligent highly intelligent bachelorettes, that's the best, I won't settle for less, I want to get a brunette, when I forgettable sex, I lay your head on my chest, I feel my heartbeat, we can park the jeep, pump off deep, and just walk the leaf, it's hard to creep, since I found Joe, every pretty round, round, wanna go down low, put this bookie down, professional. You know, I'ma let you know, once I put the blows, get your clothes, cause you got
2: Oh boys, we're back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing. We sure got a big pun, big crusher coming on tonight. Let me tell you what, stay tuned, Kelly Gallop. Motherfucker what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop, get it, get it. Hey, tonight, we're coming to you live from the Urban Fly Co. studios. That's where uh, we're recording, that's where we get our flies from. Check out urbanflycompany.com.
0: Tied on A-Rex Hooks. Anything you're looking for from freshwater to saltwater, toothy fish to trout, A-Rex Hooks.com.
3: Allsdorf Genetic. Find them at urbanflycompany.com.
4: Sims Fishing. Check them out simsfishing.com.
0: Check out
3: Why Not and their app The Dock.
0: Yeti, built for the wild.
3: And we are coming to you live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Again. Every time. <laughs> no, I did Urban, I did Osdorff Genetic the last time you jackass. Cuz I did you, Urban Fly company. Oh, did you? I wasn't listening to what you were saying. <laughs> I was writing something down. Can never remember enough. <laughs> that just couldn't go that good. <laughs> no. no. But uh, for the second week we've had somebody else doing uh, one of our plugs. Yeah. We have our PJ uh, in house. Yeah. Our buddy PJ, How'd, how's it going buddy? It's good. How about you guys? Okay. Awesome.
0: Nice day today.
3: We had a We're float yesterday. A little bit. Sorry. <laughs> I can't even take the guy. Boricua. The Moreira. There we go. go.
0: <laughs> so you guys got out yesterday. What? We had a full moon today. How was...
3: uh? It looked pretty close. Last weather too. was
0: weather was a little off and on yesterday. Not bad. I mean, it was kind of a little spit and snow, but all in all, it was decent weather yesterday.
3: Oh, we got a lot of snow. Did you? Where yeah. we were at, it was it was bright and sunny first thing in the morning. You know, we got a little later start. I told uh, our buddy Ryan Evans came down uh, Queen City guiding, and uh, he he he'd me- he mentioned that somebody else uh, couldn't get out with him. He had plans to get out for the weekend. So hey man, come on down. We'll do something. You know and. It was gonna be really. It was really cold that morning, so it was like. I mean, it was 24 at 7 a.m. So no use in meeting me out then. We'll we'll wait till about 10. You know, Matt. uh, He said he got a little bit of weather coming in uh, right when he got to Erie. Like he crossed the border. He said it was like it was like it was the state line, and it just started snowing like crazy. And uh, but he got through that. Made him a little bit later than we thought, but it was all perfect. We had a and didn't float too fast. I mean, we had a good amount of time to get through our float and everything. And uh,
2: <clears throat> It's nice to not have a cutoff period where you have to be done
3: by. Yeah. I mean, there well, was. It was dark. Only <laughs> dark. Dark. Dark <laughs> was, was that. Yeah, dark was that period. And, you know, I mean. Which we barely made it. Yeah, it was. But when we were driving back up to grab the truck, I mean, it, that's when it, it was gone. It was dark by the time we got back 20 minutes later, so.
2: Pulling the raft up it, under the headlights.
3: Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, got a good start in the morning. I mean, PJ bought my breakfast. It was awesome. I mean, everything was great.
2: So, was there somewhere good to get breakfast on the way up there?
3: Uh, BK? No, no, we didn't Sheets. do the BK. We did the uh, we speedway. did the speedway. Okay. Grab some gas. Get some Gatorade. I decided to drink my uh, dinner the night before. So, uh, I heard you fell asleep on the countertop. Oh yeah. <laughs> It was bad. After you left, <laughs> things just kept going as they were. At the counter? Oh, yeah. It was bad, dude. Not laying on the counter, but like sitting at the counter with my head oh, down. Oh, okay.
0: I thought you meant like yeah, physically laying on top of the no, counter. No, it was that's bad. That's a good one. It
3: was bad news. Kind All bad news. Kind
4: of makes sense why you weren't ready when I got there.
3: Oh, and Matt that's, that's the absolute reason well, I was well, not ready. He's,
4: he's still in his underwear and everything. Well, what
3: the, what's going on, well, you I guy? Oh, I already went and had to go get my dad's truck in uh, Hermitage. I woke up so late that he was, had already left with the truck. I didn't even call him the night before because I was so tanked. So, All was well, though. At least we got a little later start in the day. Helped me out, too. What time was the later start? Uh, like 10, 30, 11. We probably started. 11 in the water. So yeah. Floating. and I mean, the ice wasn't too bad or anything. There was no ice. On, I mean, on the rods. Oh, the rods. A little were... bit. Not too bad, though. At the end of the day, it got a little worse. So we get, you know, we're going to we stopped at our first usual stop, you know, fish that standing and whatever. Uh there wasn't any of that gravel wasn't out of the water either. Okay. So there was water going over the whole thing. And uh that's a good judge of of how how the level was. Well, yeah. I mean, we could see it. It was low.
4: We couldn't float over it No, we couldn't float over it, no, float so over we, it but there may, was water going able to float over, it. over it before, but we couldn't float over it, so
3: sat out and fished it, fished it hard for a little while and uh Kept going a little further, and then uh, I I went to check something a little further down the down the creek, and uh, man, I almost sent sent the one of the one of the oars jammed the bottom, and caught <laughs> caught caught the oar lock, so it it basically just sent the boat up in the air on the one side, and Evans about just and he didn't have the uh, uh, the lean bar up at the time, oh. and I mean he, his his head literally had to be. I don't know, 12 inches, 12 inches, 18 inches top, tops from the water. And, I mean, I all I saw was an ice-cold beard with just icicles hanging from it, him having to get clothes from us, dying of hypothermia, and this not being a good trip. They'd be like the Hasidic Jew curls, but they'd be just icicles. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what he would have looked like. Oh, it would have been horrible. Oh, man. But he put the, the lean bar up shortly thereafter that. I wonder why. Another cool thing the last two times we've been able to we you know that uh that log that goes over mm-hmm. that we sometimes will like hit have to stop get out push it over dude last, you went right over last two times I've just sent it right over it just going to send it and just <laughs> right down over it's pretty I mean we rubbed a little bit this time but it's smooth it's fine oh yeah last time I I tried taking us right over it just got caught up Oh, well, with you in the boat, I don't. I don't imagine why it would have got caught up. Oh yeah, here comes the <laughs> fat joke. Oh, I'm big and tubby. <laughs> you put Chad in the back of the boat, and you're dragging.
0: Just do what I did. Just send him out
2: of it. Yeah. yeah. No, Jay, that's right after the the really difficult part to start. So that's a. I'm always rowing then.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, you're rowing by then. Uh, so we, we get down a little further. I mean, and we were all throwing different things. Uh, Evans threw big, heavy sculpin for a while. So did I. He was throwing d and d and d's, all kinds of different stuff. What else were you throwing? Uh, I threw the d
4: and d for a little bit. I didn't throw it for very long, but uh, I, th-
3: I mostly threw uh, smaller sculpins. Just to no avail. I mean, and we were a few stopped and fished out a few spots. You know, anchored up and everything like that, and fish we places we saw fish. Evans caught a stock brown. It was pretty small. Had another small fish come up to the side of the boat, pulled it out of its mouth.
0: Did you guys all work pretty quick, or did you kind of slow down and kind of let it just hang and swing down there?
3: A lot of, I mean, a lot of different stuff, depending on the holes. You know what I mean? Even that, like, the water we were talking about, it's two two feet, two and a half feet, three feet deep, where, you know, you fish will sit in them pockets and stuff. Mm-hmm fish that i mean you know your your flies over the fish then a few of them bigger holes you know unless it's low low you're not it's really hard to get down to them with any kind of flow but i'm almost wondering if you want to try to start swinging some of them and just letting that fly dangle
0: down there well
3: that's think what we about we're about
0: how many even like think about even up north when you get into even the uh, lake run fish and browns will hammer on a down swing
3: oh i i don't disagree we I and mean, as fast as the water's moving when you're in some kind of current you're fly is swinging to some extent at all most time anyway yeah but you're swinging up
0: what's that what do you mean said so you're swinging up though because you have current in between you and the fly pulling it in that situation you can almost mend it out over it
3: well that's what i mean even it if it you down. are doing that yeah. some sometimes you and will set depending it on, on the, the whole, bottom yeah
4: it gets a lot harder to control the swing though when you're floating and trying to control your swing there's there's more variables you can't control how fast you're floating if you're in the front of the boat so there's more variables there too
3: if you sit up and if you you're actually, you can do that if you're, if especially if you anchor. If you anchor mm-hmm. and work down on a spot like oh, we yeah. did that one spot, then you could really get into doing that a lot better. Because even with the heavier scalping helmets and stuff like that, I usually run a heavier scalping helmet. I was running a little lighter one this time, but, you know, you mend a few times, keep it up. You could keep your inner line up above it and let it drop real well and, you know, fish it across, fish it across, and then, you know, it'll break where it wants to break with the water and kind of show a profile to the last, about two you, and then I'm usually, you know, twitching the top of my rod or twitching my rod tip, and <laughs> I was the, just wiggling my hand in the <laughs> in the air. The Michael Jackson effect, or the Michael J. Fox effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give it to that, <laughs> give it that effect at the end, and I don't know, just didn't, didn't see any, it, it was freezing cold, and I couldn't imagine Fisher wanting to move too far off for flies, but, I mean, Mark, Mark proved me wrong, apparently, with muskie, and the muskie, I don't know. The trout it wasn't uh, wasn't correlating to what I was doing there. Probably if I I know if we'd have nymphed, probably saw a few more fish, and that's usually the case. If you sit Say and would have time. nymphed. I mean you you know it though. Yeah. You'd have caught more rainbows. Oh definitely. But what are you gonna catch compared to
2: what you would catch if you're throwing streamers all day? You're gonna get the one that you wanna catch if you throw
3: streamers all day. If he wants to show himself. Catch that one hog wild brown, it's better than twenty stalked rainbows. I don't disagree. <laughs> You know, that's what we are there for. It didn't turn out yesterday, but it was still fun float. Beautiful. I mean, you got to see the two bald eagles that we'd been seeing week in, week out, pretty much. You guys should name them. <laughs> we should. One's name is Jay. He's got the nose of a a J. He's <laughs> a big and hook. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh, my God. We went to the home show yesterday, and Ashley was sitting on an ottoman. It was like a big elephant-shaped ottoman. I was like, oh, my God, we need to get that for, At- or for Jason. She was like... It's three hundred dollars. said, his nose is worth it. <laughs>
3: That's why in the corner of my sectional. We have the uh, reclining sectional, so the you know the bottom the foot kicks out, I can just lay the my nose right on that.
1: <laughs> Dog curls up
3: right underneath it.
2: <laughs> so did you guys uh understand the uh the gif I sent you last night at like ten thirty or nine thirty? Negative. It was Petey Pablo. Take your shirt off. Spin it around like a helicopter. North Carolina, raise up. It was when they were still winning.
3: Did you, yeah, did you see what ended up happening? I did. Oh, after I got done with the float. There was one more thing about the float. I mean, there's a few more things about the float. We can talk about that in just a second. Yeah, we got 15 minutes, man. Uh, Just like I said, like, man, it was just gorgeous out there yesterday. All the snow on the trees. Great time. I mean, Evans is always a great time to have around. He's he's solidly all right. We almost threw the boat. <laughs> we almost threw the boat on top of the uh, his van, but man, those things are so much heavier at the end of the day. And we're just like, you know what? Let's just instead of trying to, you know, maybe ripping his windshields off or wind- windshield wipers off, we don't really know what we're doing with this quite yet. Maybe on a day when it's early and dry. Did he end up getting his door fixed? Uh, no, no, he was getting out of the, the back door. No, he definitely was getting in and out of the back door.
4: The van needs a lot of stuff done.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it's perfect. If it, it's going straight down the road, it sounds great. <laughs>
4: he tried he to tried <laughs> turn. Yeah. Power steering screens. It was screaming three weeks ago when he was here. Oh, then he opens up the back. I see jumper cables. I'm like, what, he's got jumper cables readily available. That's for his nipples. <laughs> he's like, no, I didn't start one time. I'm like, well, that's great. Let's... That's our last effort. <laughs> Come down to the end, the flow doesn't start. That'd be awesome. He's like, oh, I'll be fine. He hasn't done it in like a month. I'm like, oh, great.
2: And he's the shuttle. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh,
0: reliable service. its fine. <laughs> That's great. So what did, you, did you catch anything?
3: Yeah, like I said, Evans, Evans moved them two fish. That was it. We didn't move any of the big fish we wanted to. So no, you didn't catch anything i did not personally catch anything no no he uh but he he rode the raft he loved the raft he hadn't been in it in a long time and you know even after you know moving around a little bit he's you know comparing it to his boat which his boats his drift boat's way bigger it's like more like chad's you know and his is about the same size as your raft it's only a 13 footer i think but it's a lot bigger yeah you I'm can,
2: like, walk around the sides of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, though, yeah. but the length-wise, it's about the same as your raft.
3: But, yeah, you know, the difference is a little. And he, he, Man, how much... Steven was saying, like, how much water it rides in. and So, he wants to get one. That's his next thing he's talking about getting. He wants to buy Shalise's. If Shalise was telling him he wants to sell his, yeah. he should... I told him, get on it. I, I would try to make that happen. I don't know. I, I'm sure Shalise wants to have one lined up before he... Yeah. Dumps that one. So if you, if you listen to this, buddy, dump yours so Evans can have your boat. <laughs> <laughs> you better start looking. We got your boat sold. You know, and I, uh, but, yeah, I get home and forgot about the game. And I look on ESPN, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's, like, five minutes left. They're down, like, 13 points. Oh, gosh, turn it on. You know, forget call my dad. Like, hey, call, turn the game on. Turn the game on. You know, he would forgot about it because he was just at my house, and he wasn't talking about it. Oh, what a game. Trey Jones, he came in the handy. And in the down the stretch, man, they got—North Carolina missed all their free throws. They did, and Duke made all theirs. Yeah. And, well, even that, just they would—Duke, instead of settling for the threes, they went to the bucket time after time, just get two points, get two points, go to the bucket, get two points. And and guys, time after time, that, that one kid had to miss—I can't think of his name from North Carolina, but, man, he had to miss six free throws— you know he, I mean, oh, I would be hating myself today, poor guy.
4: He makes just one of those. Yeah,
3: yeah, he makes just, just one. one. Trey Jones, I mean, hits a great shot right at the buzzer at the end of the game. And uh, overtime comes, dude comes out swinging, goes up a little, goes down by five. And, man, another, did you see the final play? Yeah, yeah, I watched the, I watched the last, like, three minutes of overtime. Yeah, Trey Jones misses, misses a free throw. It gets tipped back out to him. Then he misses a shot. The same guy who tipped the ball out comes diving into the rim and basically just catches his air ball, lays it up with, and as it's going down, buzzer goes off. <laughs> game over. We win by two. And I, I, the whole time in my head, I thought we were already up by one, so I thought it we didn't even matter if we scored. And then I looked at the ending score. I'm like, oh, my God. It actually, that actually mattered. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I wasn't actually even flipping out at the time. Jay forgetting stuff. I was, in, I was in the middle. I, I thought, thought that... <laughs> <laughs> Thought that, uh, that that first rethrow was a uh, was it going up by one, but hey, what an! I'm glad I got to watch the end of that one. It was amazing. That's uh, after that was over, we were at
2: a bar last night eating dinner, and uh, we started watching the UFC fight, and there were two girls fighting. I was like Ashley, I hate it when two girls fight. She's like, why? I like I don't know. I just I don't I don't get into it. And then they were fighting. They are all bloody. I was like, I can't take my eyes off of it, but I hate when they do it. <laughs> she was like, well, what? Related to something. I said, like, okay, when a girl's wearing a bathing suit and holding a big slimy-ass carp. I hate it. I love girls in bathing suits. I love carp. I hate them together. Just like, I love girls. I love fighting. I hate when girls fight. <laughs> Unless they're snatching each other's weaves out. That's the kind of fighting I love like. Kind of world star <laughs> fighting, not, not actual fighting. Yes, <laughs> if it's bum fights, I love <laughs> it. I
1: love when girl bums fight.
3: <laughs> you want La- LaQuisha uh, uh, pulling some of that stuff that you buy at the store out, right? Yes, I want her pull- snatching that weave, breaking three nails off. Oh yeah, that's ridiculous. Where do we go from there, fellas? Weren't you getting to something there? Yeah, I, well, I wanted to get to... Uh, also, uh, he found my rod. yeah, Or my reel. Yeah. I've been missing this reel since the Beast of the East, and it must have found its way. It w- like you've been missing your rod, too. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> missing the same rod, too. Yeah, I have I, two of them I have to send back now because I have the reel to go back with them. So, yeah, it was an... Oh, he calls me. What was it? You, you text me, like, Tuesday. When the hell did you... S- Wednesday. Wednesday. And as soon as it happened, I felt like this. Oh, we've already played that song. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, oh. that's long long gone. <laughs> Man, my pay attention <laughs> factor is uh, really good tonight.
0: <laughs> <Not laughs> that is normal. Yeah, we're, 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 you're, you're right on par.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was awesome to get back, though. Awesome, awesome. I've been I've just been sitting on my counter for the last... Did you, is that while you slept on your counter? Mm-hmm. And I was holding it the whole time. <laughs> I, I was the uh, reel. Yeah, it was a, a half an empty beer can, my reel, and me. Yeah. It was like on a teddy counter. bear. Like a yeah. teddy bear. Go oh, to yeah. bed, Abby. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded more like <laughs> I don't know how
4: you shoved it underneath my seat. It was underneath like I like pulled my seat up to get something underneath it like folded up, and it's underneath there. I'm like, what the? How did it get there? I'm like, all right, well, I guess i will give it back to him. <laughs> It's been yeah. like th- four months.
2: You'll never know.
0: <laughs> the things you do when you're stoned. <laughs>
1: Jason. <Jesus. laughs> you, you were right, though, Friday
0: night when I was over about going uh, for muskie instead.
3: I, I know. I knew. You're saying the whole time,
0: we should be going for muskie tomorrow. I should be going for muskie.
3: It would have just been a little easier. You know, that's a that's a tough that's shitty to do in that type of weather. Pull the raft out and everything. It wasn't
0: as bad. Now, Grant, I was an hour and a half south of you. Mm-hmm. We got on and off snow, but it wasn't. No, it was clear the whole. It was overcast, but it was clear the whole whole afternoon. It wasn't bad at all. I mean, it was nice until noon, and then the sun abandoned us. And yeah. it probably dropped 10, 15
4: degrees. It felt, it felt well, like.
3: It fe- what felt like. You know how outside feels like, you know. The wind started going. The yeah. snow started coming. It's like, all right.
4: Can't feel my hands anymore. Rowan's fun. I yeah. never. I
0: brought gloves in the bag. I never even put them on yesterday. It stayed up around like 30, 32, right around there. It wasn't bad at all. It was comfortable for tempo. I mean, I'd, there was times, I mean, like when I caught that fish. I mean, it was snowing then, but. That made for great pictures. It did. It did. It, you had off and on like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 here, and that was all. Man, You'd I get to that after, I'd, after Kelly, though.
3: I uh, definitely put my gloves on yesterday. After about, well, I'd say about hour six, it started to get, It's pretty bone-chilling. It felt like I was freezing my sack off. (laughs) I only need gloves for
4: rowing, and I should have brought gloves for rowing. I bring the towel for wet hands, and I'm fine in the fishing, but rowing, I can't dry my hands off, and they're just cold sitting there. And I can't stop rowing, or bad things happen.
2: Yes, they do. We've learned (laughs) that. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: (laughs) So what you guys say, you want to go pop a top or two before we give Kelly a call?
3: Sounds good. Coming up quick.
2: All righty, guys. We'll be back. And we are back with Kelly Gallup from the slide in. What's happening, Kelly?
5: Not much. Just sitting here in the wintertime, you know, looking at all the snow. (laughs) Which I've been plowing for three days.
2: I heard you guys got quite a bit.
5: Yeah, we got hit pretty. Not bad. I'm up pretty high, so, you know, you get but this one was pretty big it even down in the flats you know you get down to bozeman and even they got hit on this one it was pretty big but we get it pretty good up here it's pretty i, I did uh had it on instagram yesterday or the day before friday i got my neighbor to bring his loader down i got the uh, i got put the snow blower up on the roof of the shop we had about 30 and about 34 inches up there so i was crawling around up there and there's the boys are on the ground, video and watching the old man hit the ground.
1: <laughs> 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 Why don't
5: you bastards get up here? Hey, uh, that's what we'll his... stay down here and just take pictures, boss. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that, that's what
2: those young punks are for, right?
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, to run that camera. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's about normal. Really, I think we were kind of low. Uh, I think we're I think we're I didn't check it this week to see, but probably brought us up to normal. I did see a stat that in Bozeman. Gallatin Field got uh, they averaged, I think it was four point six or six point four inches a month, and they got thirteen something in a day. So (laughs) it'll get that average up a little bit higher, which we need. That's good.
2: So are you still able to keep fishing while it's like this? Um,
5: Oh hell yeah, yeah no worries. You know the only thing you know basically you're just you're you're midge fishing all winter. and, I, and I, when I lived in Michigan, I was people. I just never could understand why the rivers in the West were so, you know, had their fish counts. But and when I got here, I realized that, uh, which has always struck me as funny, because the, the probably the best-selling midge ever is a Griffith Nat, which is George Griff. and it was in. He lived in Michigan, and I asked him, "What the hell did you come up with?" <laughs> I don't even remember what he told me, but you know, uh, I never had fishable numbers of midges back there, but here, you'll the best we tell people this all the time best dry fly fishing of the years january and february they get the midges hatch every day i don't care how cold it is and it's about a two-hour window you know you get about 11 o'clock you got to find the right water you know soft water but we post those up i think johnny's posted i don't know three or four different i know he did another one this year where sometimes you'll see 30 heads up at once i mean it's it's just ridiculous but And they're just, but it's a two or three hour window and it's over. And then you go back, you're just nymphing, you know, streamer bites. They they can have a moment, but it's, it's more about, you know, they're not that aggressive up here. I mean, it's just a lot colder up here and, you know, and so it's, but it's unbelievable, unbelievable midge fishing. It's almost boring to tell you the truth. I think you could, when they're, when they're up and on them, it's pretty hard to find something they won't eat, you know, and you can you can put some pretty serious numbers out, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's fun.
2: I don't know if I'd ever get bored with that. <laughs> Just coming from yeah, a, well. from a non-trout background, you know.
5: Yeah, uh, yeah. It can it. Well, you know, if they were in there. You kind of feel bad for them after a while, they're not that feisty in the winter. They're all right, but, I mean, you get the right day, and, you know, I mean, you get a three-degree bump in water temps, and they can be pretty normal, but most time, it's pretty chilly, you just give them a few, and hit a few, get the doldrums out, go home, you know, watch the snow build up, tie flies or something.
2: So, I, I had watched a bunch of your videos today in preparation for this, and... You had said the only, Sorry. the only, uh, yeah. <laughs> the only real game fish is a brown trout. Is that still uh, what you're targeting? Only
5: game fish, yeah. The only game, only game fish, yeah.
2: Okay, is that still what you're targeting right. this time of year with the uh, the midge fishing?
5: No, not really. It's whatever's sticking its head up. <clears throat> it's uh it's funny. It's it's uh The the brown trout. That's more of the streamer game. You know, that's what you're. We're really just targeting those, but uh, the irony is, is a, a, a rainbow of equal size and drag a brown trout backwards, but it doesn't matter. They're still not a game species. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the brown trout are just so much prettier, for real.
5: Uh, they're different. Yeah. They're, uh, they're a creature, you know. They get a – they're just they're, – it's just – It's it's so rare to get a really big brown trout or a rainbow for that matter. It doesn't matter. It's like anything. Uh, but they're just so rare and it's all about that. eat you know, it's like pike and musky, you know, it's all about the eat. They fight like shit. So, but you know, you get a, a big pike, you know, it's going to, you're going to have it in the net in 30 seconds. And so, but that eats un, unparalleled. You see that thing come out of nowhere. It's like, Oh shit. Same with the brown trout, <laughs> they're just so. You just don't see it. You just you know, you know. It's just like with the muskies guys. You know, fish of a thousand casts or what, ten thousand, whatever. I don't care what. It's rare to get a big brown. You know, guys say, "Oh, I fished all season to get one of those." So, you say, know, "We might go five seasons to get a brown like that." So other than me of course i get one every day you know when i'm on the road i hear that shit all the time (laughs) it's amazing i have guys that on the road come up to me oh you do it all the time i smile yeah obviously we never fished together (laughs) Uh, i think i'm two years without one over 27 so
2: i don't feel bad for you kelly not one 20, bit. 27, <laughs> <wait that> <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well. I I do have a question for you though, since you brought pike and muskie. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I watched a bunch of your videos today. How scalable mm-hmm. are your flies? Like, uh, let's say a sex dungeon. How scalable is that? Can you upgrade that to the?
5: That fly, we do it in a triple now. <clears throat> we have for a few years, but yeah, you can. The dungeon, which is a really good pike fly actually, or muskie, it doesn't matter. I kind of found the same thing with you know I lost my way to muskies for quite a while ago for probably two almost three years where I was almost non-existent in the trout world and it was way back before anybody was doing it. There's nobody. Uh, there was Bill Shear in Wisconsin was doing it, but he was mostly a lake guy. But he couldn't find any river muskie guys. It was for Brad and a lot of those guys showed up and and so. Uh, I still found and still to this day, and I don't know i mean there's there's guys that have just immersed themselves in it chocolate and a lot of those in bowen and a lot of those guys, and they like that giant fly stuff, but boy I still went in that six to nine ten inch range was still plenty for me, and that's you know the dungeon scaled up to a triple you're you're looking at an eight and a half fly they 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 crush it you know i don't see it's very scalable and there's a bunch of other ones too the flat liner is just an absolute money pipe fly i never i've never run it on musky so i can't say i got to think it's the same thing but you know that fly in a nine inch zone is just freak show so but i think some of them some of them they don't go up i mean there's because so many of my flies are you know there's there's the reactionary bite stuff but uh in the trout world, and I, you know, there's a lot of a lot of anglers down southeast, in particular, down in the big tailwater stuff. That are especially on the white. Those guys are, they're running a lot of, but they even they, you know, they were running the 12 inch stuff, but they're scaling back now. You're, gonna, <clears throat> you're seeing a lot more seven to nine inch flies, and which are which are, that's doable. Nine inches is getting to the point where, other than on the white, cause that's kind of a freak show. Uh, the rest of it's hard to make a fly swim properly, and a lot of my flies are not. You know, uh, I, I I'm a firm believer in following bait, and you know, just like you with pike or bass, or
1: <coughs>
5: especially bass. A lot of my stuff comes from bass fishing, and you know, if if your predominant food source is a five inch, you know, shad or a pre or whatever white juvenile whitefish, you, you know, it kind of beating your head when you're throwing a 10 inch fly that's really hard to make the, the thing about flies is that we we lose our way on and which i've mentioned in uh different places is i'm not a big fan of those those aquarium fly testers and shit like that where you see them or you see them throw them out with a spinning rod and do this long retrieve this which consistent and you can't make a fly do that you know you've got you're you are the real and so you're either jerk stripping or you're stripping it straight, just traditional strip. And you can't make a fly go in that long forever pattern. And so <clears throat> I, I find a lot of my flies do better in a smaller, you know, under six in, six inch range and below. Uh, and a lot of them are not even bait fish. I mean, a lot, of, I do a lot of crayfish and a lot of leeches, uh, you know, stuff that's not even, I mean, not a swimming thing. I, I preach that constantly to people that you've got. I, in one of my seminars, I show a, a crayfish, a shad, a sculpin, and a juvenile trout. And I ask them, do every one of these things swim the same? And, of course, everybody goes, well, no. I said, why is the only thing you do is pull that damn rope with six-inch pulls?
1: <laughs> 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 you don't
5: watch a bass guy go out and fish one and just huck a crankbait and then put on a, you know, a... Uh, bang tail or something else, you know, a, a soft plastic and just rip it back to the water. But that's we really a kind of mono. And so my, but back to the original question, some of them are scalable, but I would say most of mine <clears throat> that it ends at about eight, eight inches in that range where they stop. Yeah. I don't see any extra value to it, especially on a, like a menage or a, a triple D, the dungeons, you know, they, the, they're, there's triple artic- well there's three two articulations and so there's three hooks in it and you know you get above that you're you're really not gaining much you know that's the and we're we're not at the you know fish eat half their body length constantly and so you know if you've got a thirty inch fish you're gonna have a hell of a time hucking a fifteen inch fly making it look like something you know that's the big thing you can make it look like anything in the friggin vise but Throw the sunbitch in the water and start pulling on it, and it's just going, well, lost. Not like you got a 42 to 1 big caster where you can rip that thing. And So, it's some of the scalability is, is your ability to manipulate the fly.
0: So, have so, you been out? I'll you know, oh, hmm? say, have you been out in the last year or so musky fishing?
5: No, I haven't. It's been two years, I think, or two or three, <clears throat> which kills me because I. I'm not sure there's anything, uh, I mean, if you could, if I could consistently, you know, other than like bi-weekly catch a 30-inch brown trout, but if I could do it more consistently.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> <no. laughs> like, what did he say? Uh, no, if I
5: could get, and even so, I, I there's, to me, there's nothing, Cuda bites would be close, but, it, you know, you can see Cuda's more, but. The, the, the mystique of a, especially tannic water muskies, man, when you can throw a 50 or make it move or above, it's just like, oh, that's a life danger. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my first muskie, my first, I didn't know muskies jump. I thought my first one's almost 30 years ago uh, on the Tukwamanan River in Michigan. And son of a bitch ate it three times. It broke me off twice in consecutive casts too, all on a seven inch white deceiver. And it got down to I had about nine inches of butt left, sixty five pound hard mason and and he ate it, and it jumped, and I had no idea some just jump.
1: was <laughs>
5: like it just and I'm waiting, right? And it's summer, it's hotter, and I'll get out. It's like I mean shit, I think it was like eighty five degrees, and I'm out wet wading in this river, and this thing, you know, eats it about ten feet from me. And then just does one in them skywalks. I just did. I don't know how I kept it. I just stood there going, <laughs>
1: oh, what the hell.
5: And I, and I was over. I, I said, I, I lost my way to trout for a couple of years. There.
2: Did you get your first
5: two <laughs> flies this, back? I got one of them back because when he ate, you know, I stripped that on him and just boom, gone. Right. Just And I swear, that thing rolled. I thought it was a 60-65. It was like 42, 44. I can't remember, it. and and then I am just like holy shit, and I you know I have three of these things in my bag, and I pull them out and I put another one out. I tie it. I don't even check nothing, you know. I just did the fastest knot, did the Davy knot, just plunked or, or clinch knot or something. I'm just fast as so I could. Threw it out. Some bitch eats it again, and he come up, shakes his head, and I'm like, oh shit, and it, I broke him off, you know, and I'm like, oh my knot, it's too big a hurry, and I look, I don't even realize that I've just lost. I only had a 30-some-inch leader on. And I don't even realize at this point that I'm tying my butt section. I'm so jacked I can't hardly move. And I huck it out again the third time, eats it again. This time when he jumps, one of the flies goes flying out of his face. And I thought, oh, my God, you know. And then I see one snagged in the side of him. And so and it's like probably I would say 8, 10 inches behind his gill raker. His gill plate, and uh, I land it. You know, don't they don't you know? It's over pretty quick. But you know, he did that jump, and the one goes flying out of his face. And what I realize is, when they inhale, they're expecting that to weigh, you know, nine to you know, a fish that size be nine, maybe ten, twelve ounces, right? And there's nothing to it. It's just a deceiver. And there's just it was just flat feathers too. There was it wasn't fancy, and. The one that flew was in his gills. It sucked it in and just cut me off, right? The one that was snagged in the sides, the one that I had hooked on, it went right through his gills when he took his, you know, when he sucked the water in. It sucked it and shot it out the sides. It didn't weigh anything. It snagged some bitch right in the side. (laughs) And I was, my fly line's in its mouth. And I, and there's only nine inches of leader left. And I, all that shit added up and I went, This is the most incredible species ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: that's all I wanted to do. And then I went twenty eight days without getting an eat. Yeah, that was beautiful.
2: Hey, that that's Muskie Fisher Man.
5: Yeah, it was uh, it was intense. I mean there was this old dude up on the river, they'd see me and you know they'd see me throwing at nobody. There was just shit, I only saw a half dozen guys in thirty days and this guy, this old dude, he's he's just—he's oh, a curmudgeon. It's who you want to grow up to be. Just when you look at you, Seriously,
1: you'd come around the—it's
5: a huge river, right? And it's all just a bucket of guts. It just zoop serpentine[s] back and forth, and you'd see this guy and he'd kill his motor and stare at you. It's like got to be like 150 years old, right? And you just stare at you, and you're like, you wave at him, and just stare at you like he's going to eat you. I'm like, oh, God, get away from <laughs> the old guy. And The first time I saw him, he had a, he had a hitched Cisco on him, about a three-pound Cisco He's trolling about 30 feet back, and you hitch it in the dorsal, and you short line it to the nose and the dorsal, so it bends it, and it flops on the surface. goes around in circles, right, just plopping out there. He's got one in the prop wash, and... And I wanted to tell him. I didn't know he, he was doing it on purpose. I wanted to say, hey, you got a little pike on back there. But I didn't say anything to him. Then I found out later it was an intentional deal. But after the about the 20, God, I think it was like the 26th, 7th day I was up there. Not straight. I would go up for three-day weekends and come back and freezing my ass off. Nobody talked to me. And They'd see and they'd stop. <clears throat> and finally, this guy goes by me. And I'm. it's snowing like shit. And he's going... <laughs> He's heading into the into the dock, you know, into his house. And he lived right down the river in a little a frame And uh, he gave me the nod. I'm like, yeah! God, I got the nod from the guy. <laughs> never spoke to me. Nothing. He just, I think it was
2: like, hey, dude, you are the dumbest son of a bitch. <laughs> a That's better out. than he, a follow, he, right? Oh, uh,
5: God, <laughs> it was like the greatest moment of my life. would be like Joe Brooks saying hi to you. Like oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it was great, but haven't been back. <clears throat> One of my guides used to guide muskies down in on uh, the uh, James and old well, Virginia there. And, uh, Charlie Gordon, he was on the cover of American Angler, I think, he, with a big old muskie. When he was down there, <clears throat> he moved up here full time, and so I don't, I don't get. To, I like to go down with him. Used to go to the world championships all the time and they'd have one in McMinnville and one in Hayward. But I don't know, just haven't haven't been able to swing it lately.
2: Damn, yeah, man. Muskie fishing ho- it. it it's hard and it's time consuming, especially when you're a you're a trout god, you know? Mm. You Who's catch twenty eights on the yeah. regular. Oh. hmm
5: Yeah, right? <laughs> well, not, you know, like I said, bi weekly, you know. Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so, hey Kelly, back to trout fishing, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What are your opinion on jig flies? I know most of the flies you tie are more swim, like jerk strip. Jerk jig
5: trip. fly as in... As in like a... Skull. Clarified, rather, you mean nymph, like tactical nymphs and stuff like that. I already mean streamers.
2: I'm, I'm talking streamers with like um mm-hmm. like the Flyman sculpin helmets, like like a a real deal jig fly. Oh,
5: jig. I thought you meant a jig hook. Okay, yeah, no.
2: No, like a jig fly. Is that what
5: you... Yeah, yeah, no, I like them uh, to a degree. It's Again, it's back to it's really irrelevant if you're burning it, and that's all you've got in your quiver is just burning, you know, wide open retrieves. And it really has very little bearing on it. But if you'll fish it like a wounded, I do a lot of probably a, a very good portion. I, I don't know about percentage-wise, but I do a lot of slow retrieves. And it's a kind of a misnomer that the jerk strip is a speed thing. It's not. It's completely the opposite. You know, when you're when you're manipulating your fly with your rod tip. And, you know, I think I was doing a seminar with Shaw Grigsby once. I don't know if you follow bass. But Absolutely. But Shaw's one of the – Shaw's been – I mean, so Mitch still was competing. I don't know if he did – I remember I was watching it. Major League Fishing today. I'm a junkie for bass fishing. And I was – I didn't see him this year. I haven't seen him on the circuit, but I mean, I think Shaw competed active. I mean, in the top 15 for until just a couple, I mean, he had, he's had got to be in his mid sixties or upper sixties. And, but he and I were, he was going doing fly fishing for a while. And, and, and I always watched his show. I liked him. And he started doing, we're, we're speaking at the same place. <clears throat> and I walked up to him. I go, Hey, get out of my business.
1: Oh, I love your flies. Man. <laughs> 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 and I,
5: and the guy is just a book of knowledge, man. This guy's so. And but if you look at the major bass tournament, you know BASs or whatever, or uh, Major League Fishing, whatever. I don't care which one you, whatever one you tournament file, you, You'll see that the top fifteen or you know top ten of the top fifteen are just reoccurring, and they don't get to just walk in. You know, the top guy gets to go, but everybody else has to re. You got to go back and qualify, right? <clears throat> and I said to Shaw once, and, and this translate, we're talking fly fishing here, but this, uh, at this particular uh, moment, I said, it just is so amazing to me that the top 10 are the top 10. And it's just, you know, and, and you'll hear the, a lot, of, I don't hear it as much anymore, I think, uh, especially the new generation of anglers are not so completely fly only. And they've done, and neither was I. I mean, I grew up as a gear guy. I did both. When I was a kid, you know, back in the 1800s, you weren't allowed to just become a fly fisherman. You had to go dunk a worm, and you had to learn to stalk, and you had to – you fished gear, and you fished spinners, and you fished bass. You did everything. And then if you were lucky, somebody introduced you to fly fishing. But, but at any rate, it, you learned there were multiple retrieves. You, didn't, you don't do a flutter spoon like you do a heavy body spoon. You don't do a crankbait like you do a glide bait or a, you know, whatever. It's, everything has its own retrieve. And I asked Shaw, I said, what's the difference between the top 10 and everybody else? And without a breath, he said, their ability to move their lure with their rod and not their reel. Just that fast. He didn't pause. He didn't think about it. And then I went, wow, that is profound shit. Because as fly anglers, you see people that strip, and that's what they do. They just pull that rope, right? And so with the jig fly... If you're just pulling on that very consistently, that fly has not got the ability to drop its head. And you're not fishing it like a because when you put the jig on, it's supposed to give it an erratic motion, but if you're just ripping it back, it doesn't do it. So if you learn to manipulate the fly with your rod tip like you would a soft plastic or you know, when you're jigging a worm or you're jigging a, a creature bait or whatever you're doing, right? It's in the general tackle world. If you learn to do that with your fly and stutter it and pause it, then you're because you kind of go to a half assed trigger because these really fast retrieves or reactionary retrieves. As soon as you slow that down, you've got into a a, a, a dual phase there because you're kind of half food, half reaction. And so the jig flies done right are can be super productive. A lot of my flies have like uh, little tungsten cones on them. Probably one of our best selling fly I mean, the dungeon's always this best, but uh, the barely legal is in this conehead barely uh, that's probably our number one producer, and it's a kind of a jig play and it's got a tungsten cone head, but I think it makes a big difference if you fish them like anything. it's like anything I, I, I people always come to show I saw some guys fishing spinners down below the bridge. I said, don't worry, most of them don't understand how i mean if you're fishing a spinner downstream which everybody you see do you're not going to catch shit on it you know you throw it upstream and get 12 blade, blade rotations a foot coming back you're going to take every fish in the river so when's the last time you know you see people fishing lures wrong doesn't matter it's no different than a fly and so they're i think they've they're a little over emphasized in some respects like getting deep because i don't think you know most trout aren't deep and so and they're very, they're ambushers, you know, especially brown trout. It's really hard to find a brown trout that's going to feed that's sitting below four foot of water. Five would be obscene. You probably aren't going to get him to move off of that anyway. Yep. So they're a little overplayed. But the so, skulls, you know, I, I mean, they're all skull. To, I, don't <clears throat> I love to look at some of the flies these cats come up with, the painted heads, and they're, I mean, they're badass looking. I don't think they fish any better. Personally, I mean, really, I don't, I like eyes. I like, I like targets. I like big eyes. Like you look at Schmidt's uh, uh, Great Lakes Deceiver series, some of those, and some of Richie Strollis' stuff with those big eyes on them and they're, they're badass. I mean, they, they, and I think that's a good trigger once you've initiated the response and they're going to blast it. It's a good spot, but, uh, they just look cool. And you know, if you like the looks of the thing you're gonna throw it more. You just just the way it is.
2: Hey Kelly. Um yep. it's it's serendipity that you brought up Shaw Grigsby for the jig fly uh question because the one thing when I used to watch uh bass fishing growing up, I remember mm-hmm. Shaw Grigsby. He flipped it you're his,
5: saying he grew out of it, is that what you're saying?
2: Uh, no. It means I don't have cable anymore, <laughs> so I can't watch it. <laughs> so, but he flipped his jig into this big mess of wood, and he said, someone once asked me what you do when you catch a fish when it's back in this big mess of wood. He said, I worry about it when I hook the fish, but I want to hook that fish first, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So exactly. Anytime now I have one of these, any fly on, I throw it back in the biggest mess of crap I can find. And I worry about it when the fish hits.
5: Yep. And, no, just,
2: and that's what uh, else can you do? That's a learning lesson from Shaw Grigsby.
5: <laughs> this was I was just watching today on Major League Fishing was on Bull Shoals Lake. I did a fly versus gear show with a guy named Brad and He's a pro down there uh, on that lake, and I was watching where they were fishing. We did this thing, and, and when he we were jigging to see, you know. And and I do a lot of, you know, I, I jig with my flies and and a lot of vertical jig, kind of an off, I call it a dying drift. I do, a, and that's where these jig flies really shine is, it's kind of a slow pump the rod and let it, you know, you and kind of double hit it and let the sec, and I'll let it fly, fall and then hit it again and, you know, do that. And it's, and I, obviously I'm not going to keep up with him. He, he's throwing, you know, he's running, uh, <clears throat> He's running fluorocarbon on you know 12 pound. He's sinking twice as fast. He's getting there, but when we got on topwater stuff, then it was very close. But uh, yeah, it's a it's it. You can learn a lot from that stuff. I mean, if you can just if uh, it's what I try to teach guys constantly when I'm on the road, when I'm doing whatever schools, whatever we're doing, it's just man, don't be a one trick pony. Do not you know crayfish doesn't swim like a rainbow trout running away they just aren't the same so you gotta you gotta adjust your you know your equipment and then worry about getting it in later
2: and then speaking the of hit. <laughs> speaking of a different style of flies um uh, mm-hmm. how do you how do you take toward the game changers and the the shank base flies i i don't see
5: i uh, wasn't a big fan of the game changer original the original version um, it's cool. I mean, it was kind of like the, but, uh, it didn't swim the the feather changer when that thing came around, that was a good, that was, that was different. That was kind of like my triple bunker, you know, that was just shorter feather. But once you get sold to the fly and get it moving, and that's kind of what I was saying about those really big flies, it's, uh, and, and that's Blaine Chocolates flies, a phenomenal tire and, in a phenomenal, he's a, that guy's a musky. He, that guy has it figured out, man. But uh, those they didn't work for me because of the retrieve style. Now, now the musky cats will a lot of those guys will take like a game changer, the bigger and it's the synthetic. It just didn't breathe, you know. And then he came out with the feather changer, and that's a whole different world because it breathes and the shanks, you know. You got the articulations, but uh, and again, if you you'll see a lot of the musky guys will huck and burn on a double hand like a striper retrieve. And so you get a little different world going there when you're doing that. Whereas trout, you're generally not swinging a fly you know, and never swing a fly tail first to a fish. Uh, it's cross stream and it's really relatively short retrieves usually fifteen twenty feet at max. I, I mean I like to hunt the water and don't throw it out and hope it up and just hope something eats it because it's big. But the shank thing, you know I don't I don't. <clears throat> Practicality-wise, it's slower for me to tie on a shank. I don't really get it. I can do the. Uh, I can use a hook and cut it off if for whatever reason I want to, and I can pretty much. It, it's quicker on the actually connecting it, but the tying on it. I just you know for me it doesn't. Never I did it for a while, but I just take a hook and do it the way I do. Uh, you know, a hook's about twenty percent cheaper than a or eighty percent cheaper. I mean, than a shank. Uh, but it, you know, guys that dig them, you, you get tying on them, and they're they're pretty fast. I mean, you get you get used to it. But uh, I had done the other style so long, it just it wasn't any there's no advantage to me to go to. The, I like them. I mean, I like the. I mean, of course, you look at like shit. I just saw one of Blaine's. Uh, I was doing a seminar somewhere, and oh, down at Mossy Creek, down at um, in Harrisburg, and the Blaine was there, and there's a kid there that. I don't know if Blaine tied it or he brought the fly to show it, and it had, oh shit, I think it had like seven or eight shanks in it. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. The thing just moved like a serpent, you know. There's just no way it couldn't. It just moved back and forth. But and it was a big fly. It was a musky fly. But they're you know they're cool. They're it's a it's whatever you're used to. I don't my flies I. Man, triple articulating for me is kind of, it's overkill. <clears throat> I don't I do not do a lot of it. I do double articulating, because like I said, I I tend to leave my flies under eight inches. Uh, I'm, my favorite zone, you know, five and a half, is still, I've, I've triggered as many fish in the 30 range as I have with anything giant, uh, just, just the way it is. I, I, when those fish come out, you know, when everything's right and those fish are going to move, and you can get you get more motion for me. That that's me personally. It doesn't mean there's God, there's so many great anglers out there right now that it, it's so different than it was when I grew up. You know you had to you had your elite top five which were frequently there because they knew somebody not because of what they did and and now there's so much like this podcast there and like the videos and like everything else that's out there. Uh, you, you you talk to 20 25 year old kids now that i mean shit some of them have been around the world 2 3 times and been guidance you know for since they were 17 or 18 and they're they the information is there for them and they they know it and it's not like the old days it's like these kids are good and so you're seeing it develop through like that gunner bramer Have you ever seen his stuff kids. yeah yeah
2: he he's a solidly um, all right dude Yes, right. Oh my God! Yeah, we love him. Stand, we love Gunner. I can't, I can't stand the kid.
1: You
5: know? <laughs> just, that kid is such a freak show. It's like when he told me he wanted to be a pro tire. I says, "What are you kidding? You're an engineer, you idiot!" And
1: <laughs>
5: oh my God, he's. I watch this. I'm addicted to his shit. I, do, I watch it all the time. The kid's such a solid. But I mean, here's you know, he's not a kid anymore. But yeah, well, kind of. Uh, but. It's just there's a lot of guys like that out there. I mean, it's just freaky to me because you know when I was when I was eighteen, twenty years old, guiding and stuff. I was, you know, you're a kid and you're not supposed to know anything, and you're guiding more than anybody. You're fishing more. You couldn't get in. I mean, you, you couldn't get your foot in the door. It, it was just like you couldn't. Nobody let you write. I did. We did this thing with Fly fishermen for years. When Randolph was still the editor, he'd come out here and. I'd, it's a, uh, you know, what are we going to do to get youth into this sport? I said, well, quit putting all us old bastards in there and let somebody write, you know, Jesus. Christ, You're still got, you still got lefty and guys doing getting headlines over on something. And, and you got kids that are 20 years old. These guys are on and that's Who's guiding these guys. I mean, quit with the old, you know, let them be icons, but bring these kids in that are free thinkers and, it just it's it was tough, but it's not anymore because of the new media platforms there's just there's so like Bramer I, the kid's a freak man.
2: do you and think it's gotten easier it's for the younger guys? Well, I mean the information's there yeah i
5: mean and when I was a kid when i went to i grew up with Swisher and Richards, that era I mean that stuff all happened in Michigan right where and i i got I'd go watch these guys and I'd go to the stuff and and it was always like, you know, nobody really shared. It was almost like you had to pry it out of them. Like they had to keep a secret, you know. It's like, well, you're a kid, you know, don't get away from me, old brat, you know. But no, they they weren't like that. I'm just saying it was like, it wasn't easy. You had, you know, you'd have to read the books, you know, no matter how good a book is, you still had to, you know, you had shit pictures and, you know, black. It wasn't easy. Now you've got... And everybody shares. They're not. It's a whole new world. I mean, and some of it I suppose is ego. Some of it's just wanting to help everybody out. But if people share their information. They don't hold back, and and that makes it a lot easier to learn. I and mean, then you you, know, you got to do your due diligence afterwards. You got to earn it. You got to go out and actually do the shit. I mean, anybody can talk it, but you know, I mean, I mean, kid, that kid Chris that works for me. I don't think that kid misses. Oh, shit, I'll bet he he fished today. I mean he fishes every day. And you got these guys they're they're constantly out fishing. I mean, well shit, you know, it's like Johnny, that you know, that piece of shit. He's uh I make fun of him on the videos all the time because he deserves
1: it. But I don't like to fish with
5: him anymore. I mean I, that kid's been working for me since he's nineteen, he's like thirty seven now, I think, right? And he's so much better than me, it's stupid. I don't like to fish with him anymore. I mean it's it's nature, you know. One uh, people always ask me why do you pick on him all the time. I said well, he's just a little sickly bastard. He won't stick up for himself. You know he's six four, two twenty, handsome. You know.
2: So does That's he like catch when
5: they come in? They meet him. They look at me and they go, "You ass." I go, yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> does he catch thirties on the <laughs> but, biweekly also? Like you? Uh,
5: yeah. He, if I do it biweekly and he does it <laughs> weekly, but uh, <laughs> it's but it's these guys aren't afraid to try. You know they they you put out a, a technique or whatever. It's no different than bass. Look at the bass. I... You know, you got kids coming up. It's the same thing. They're immersed in it since they're nowadays. You know, the video. I have, I have weekly. I have families that come into the shop now with their kids, right? Because they're YouTube junkies, and they're like, you know, they're they're, they're like, oh my God, you know, can we sit at the table and and it's like, yeah, man, go ahead, sit down, and tie something, right? Just, Oh, my God, we watch this all the time. And we we'll come in from so-and-so and drove in just to see the table and you. And I'm always secondary. And then they'll ask me, where's Johnny? Like, yeah, sure, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, it's got to the point where uh, I prefer to fish alone because it doesn't hurt my ego as bad. You know, I can always win when I'm the only guy in the boat.
2: Speaking of that, uh, in your videos, is your shop a dog-friendly shop? Because uh, we always hear the dogs barking.
5: Uh, it's dog friendly for mine, but I want yours in there. Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> actually, it, it gets a little frightening. It gets a little frightening when people let their dogs, especially out here. Everybody's got a lab, right? Yeah. And It comes in and it just starts running, and then my dogs want to eat them, and so. <laughs> There's a big sign up front, keep your dog in your car. Uh, <laughs> we love your dog in your car.
2: Windows up, right?
5: I was I had a, a gal came up one time we were we were here we open uh, it was end of the day or something and this gal comes up, you know, she's a cute gal, gets out of the car and lets her reads the sign, lets her dog get out, and I'm standing there leaning against the post that the sign's at. I'm leaned up against it and <laughs> this it's a puppy, it's a little black lab cues a button and Probably about I don't know, probably four months old, comes over and, and it pisses on the post, but it's pissing on my foot.
1: <laughs> and she goes, and
5: she says to me, why don't you want dogs out here? I look down and I says, well, that's part of it right
1: there. Goes, oh my God, I've never seen
5: him do that. I go, he must have a huge
1: bladder. You've never seen him piss? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: Yeah, but they're they're always in there. They're always part of the deal.
2: So did uh, you know, and, uh the the cute gal that had the dog that pissed on your foot? Did you name a fly after her? <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, she kind of got embarrassed and left quickly. Yeah, maybe that was the barely legal. I don't know. I can't
2: remember. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Kelly, you uh you just came out with a a book. I tried looking. Yep. I tried looking some stats up on it, or looking for some reviews on 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 Amazon.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I couldn't find it.
5: Did you say that word in front of me? Uh, no, no. I'm. Word? I'm.
2: I'm just gonna uh, say that that takes some <laughs> that takes some stones in this day and age to to not release a book on that platform.
5: Yeah, it doesn't. You know. Uh, you know. Uh, I uh, I didn't even release it to the wholesalers until the last week. I, I basically. You know, I, I just kept it through the shop. We, you know, we've got such a great following at the shop, so I let everybody that it'll never get on Amazon. That will never happen with me.
2: No, I'm uh, I'm happy for that. That's that's great.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I mean, I it's it's really frightening that you'll get this. I, it'll happen about every I don't know week, two weeks. Somebody'll call me and ask me forty minutes worth, of, or Chris, or Jeremy, or Johnny. And they'll ask you 30, 40 minutes worth of questions and then say they're going to order it on Amazon. And I can't drag them through the phone and kick their ass. So, you know, <laughs> you just go. I well, appreciate it. You know, it's great. <clears throat> and, then, and one guy said to us, I'm just kind of addicted to it. I said, well, call them up and ask your question then. He goes, yeah, it's probably a dick move, isn't it? I said, yeah, pretty much, man. I said, it's, you know, you're just watching fly shops die left and right. You get, you get a handful of the really good ones that are making it, but, they're kind of the, you know, and I've used them too, you know, and that's saying it, but on, on small scale stuff like this, uh, and, and I buy from them, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm worse than the guy who doesn't buy from anybody, you know, I, I bad mouth them, but just for this stuff in the books, and other thing, you know, like that, they all want me to put it on Kindle and stuff, and I, you know, pick the book up, sit there and hold it, you know, you can't smell them, you can't smell your cell phone, well, you, well, Johnny can because he stinks, but uh, you know it's not. You can't. You can't. It's. It should be in your hand. It should be your book. It's like you can turn the page and, and so yeah, we just kept it for the first few months. It's uh It's modern streamers too. It's just kind of a takeoff of the first one, and, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's, just probably, uh, the guys will probably start getting them at the end of this week to put them out on for so they're wholesale to all the shops, but it was just a, it's such a, we have such a great online following. It's just frightening. You know, I've ditched about a few of the guys that do the Amazon stuff, but it's not, it's, we have an enormous online and it's like the guys write you notes every time, you know, Hey, thanks for doing this and that. And, and so we kept it really personal so we could personalize the books and, you know, write them back and thank them and all that. And so, now we're just now will just kind of go out to the wholesale world and away she goes.
2: No, like I said, it's that. really
5: it's really cool to see when you have people call and write and it, to just talk to people. It's just really it's really neat, you know. And they'll tell you how it changed your first book changed their life, and I got my kids into it, and my grandkids and my, whatever. You'll have some kid that says, oh, "I've you know I've been on your YouTubes and blah blah blah," and you just get to you get a little personal. It's pretty cool.
0: Well, And I think that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, like you said, you're still around and the really good shops are is that personable experience. I mean, if you're going to do something yeah. like that, you don't want to just feel like you're going shopping. You know, you, it's you like, know, going to a fly shop should be an enjoyable trip, and you're looking forward to it.
5: That's what, you know, we have rule. We have two fireable offenses in my shop. One of them is ignoring somebody when they walk in. You you acknowledge everyone when they walk in. And I don't give in. I fired a kid for not doing it and I hired him back, but I fired him for the other thing. But, but the other thing is, is to walk, which just drives me crazy. You know, Jesus, if you can't have fun working in a fly shop, you got issues because
1: you ain't exactly
5: <laughs> shoveling coal right here. Right. It's like, Jesus. And so you walk in and people stare at you like you want to fight or something. It's like, that's cool. We can do that. But I mean, why don't we just say hi? And I don't care if you've got 30 people around you, just, nod your head at people say hi know that you're in the room and the other one is asking if you can i hate this can i help you well that's a two-word answer it's either yes or no right and and people aren't used to people talking to each other anymore so it's like no i'm just shopping okay cool you know throw a brick at me if you need something
1: (laughs) but you know we
5: tried everybody that walks in they can't be asked that they have to you know Try to engage. It's a, it's a lost thing. It's called conversation. And so just, how you doing, you know? Good. Catching them? Yeah, yeah killing them. Great. Know to Talk to people. It, it's just like, you can go into any box shop in the world and not get treated well and not be spoke to. Be sure shit better get talked to in a fly shop. I mean, you know, who knows? But it's, uh, and the online thing came out, and it was the same thing. And so... You know, we, it's, we write, we write on every single, I mean, we could have 60, 80 orders in the morning. Everyone gets a note and it's like, thank you. It's everybody has to write their own note on it. Whoever's packing it, write something, say hi and be nice. You know, so.
2: I'll, I'll tell you what, Kelly, I'm married and I have two good conversations a week. One of them is when I go into the local flash shop and the other is on this podcast. Huh. You know
5: <laughs> oh, You're going down on that <laughs> Hey you're,
2: My you're, wife My wife and doesn't your listen Your wife doesn't listen My wife doesn't listen to this either This will be the first one she listens
1: to <laughs> <laughs> Oh you had Kelly on again I'm
0: definitely going to listen to this one
1: <laughs>
2: Kelly who's she She's never going to listen
1: <laughs> uh, Oh that's great <laughs> So
0: Hey Kelly Yep. Do, do you have anything in the, in the works? You know, is there any flies that you have something you know kind of in mind that you haven't already made?
5: Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff out there that's you know, and it's always I've got a those punks that work for me took my boat the other day and they found my new box and they were and I go so what's this what's this boss you know it's just, it's just that's for My eyes only, asshole. Get out of my shit. Hey,
2: old man, what's (laughs) this?
5: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So there's a bunch of them that have been in tweak, but, you know, that's, I I don't, I wouldn't say on all tires, but that's the difference between a lot of my flies and a lot of the cats that come out is that, and, and, and Bramer in particular, he worked for me when he was 18. I grew up with his mom and dad and, uh, in Traverse City and I've known him and all of his family. I didn't know him, he wasn't around when I. Uh, But, and I told him, I said, you know, Bramer, because he's the most genuine, sincere human you'll ever meet in your life. And and he said, and he wanted him from, you know, give me a piece of advice is don't ever turn a fly out. You haven't fished for six months. Don't you ever just pull the shit out of your ass and say, okay, this one's great. I, I guarantee you, if I have 50 patterns, I have 500 that sucked. And maybe looked better than anything I've ever invented, but if it doesn't hunt, it doesn't hunt. I don't give a shit. It doesn't hunt. It doesn't hunt. Don't, just because you made it, don't fall in love with the damn thing and pretend. And so my flies go out to me first, then to Johnny and Jeremy and whoever, all the guides, you know, who I can get to fish them. And you see if they, because that's one of the biggest things, you know, uh, a, a guy gave me a fly once. I said, how's it fish? He goes, I'm sure it fishes fine. What? I'm your guinea pig.
1: You know, it's like,
5: you know, we, we fish them. And so you, it, it has to, it has to stand the test of, you know, like I said, you, it, it's like Ted Williams, when he said, you know, how'd you hit so many home runs? You know, it's because I struck out so many times, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta lose. And so, but that's what makes your flies keep developing I've got I've got two series that I'm working on right now that I'm just sold on my mind are the greatest things ever. And I can't catch a starving trout with one.
1: <laughs> and it's like but I want,
5: I just can't get this son of a bitch to work and I'm like, You bastard, I know you can do it. And so I just keep tweaking it and and, and I've wasted more time on that one on the one the chomp uh that's uh, that thing. I just can't get it to hunt.
2: But you get 20, and it's weekly You should be able to do this. Uh,
5: well, that's like, I have to go back to the old standbys, you know. <laughs> and then, But the, uh, yeah, the, some of them, it's crazy. You know, some flies come off the vise and you look at it and you go, yeah, that's going to hunt. And then you throw it out there, boom. Nancy P. The Nancy, the, that, that crawfish pattern, we don't have crawfish in the uh, upper river here. And I threw that in the backyard. I had a fish charge that thing four feet, bite it, shake it turned him over with his hook set and just, just pulled on it and he turned around, spun him over, ate it again. I'm like, well, that seems to work.
1: But, <laughs> but
5: with that, with that, no one saw that fly for six months. I fished it all summer. You know, Johnny saw it. I mean, but, uh, he was guiding me and that's not when he, once they're starting to produce and they, then we start putting it on to clients to see, you know, somebody that maybe doesn't fish as often and doesn't have the, you know, the ability to manipulate the fly with the rods quite so much and you put it on them and then you see them start catching fish, boom, you know you got it. I mean, it's the sex dungeon. First, third cast I did it, that thing got just annihilated. And, you know, but you just kept going and going and going and make sure it's not a, you know, you got days, when that shit turns on, you could throw, you know, a cat tail and they'll eat it. They don't give a shit. When they're really on and on and eating, it's just almost impossible not to catch a fish. But it's the days when it's just normal and, you know, they're not all playing. You've got to really... That's when you test your flies. It's no different than anything. Lures, flies, it's all the same. I mean, there's days when they don't eat a freaking night crawler, you know, and so... But they do eat those, by the way. They, they like those.
3: So... Um, you know,
5: in case you're wondering,
3: you're sitting in like two feet of snow right now what when does your streamer uh season really kick off you know uh typically, and then do you go back to the dry flies And the you're sitting in
5: two feet of snow? that's what I got yesterday, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we got a little more than that uh my the season cut you know we we run down uh for here proper it, it's gonna be you know. March maybe if you're lucky things start. It's mostly a water temperature thing. You can go out and catch fish on streamers any day. It's just it's not as productive. And you, you, I really like to see the water hit fifty, mid forties will work, but uh, the water temps is big. Now we'll run down. You know I'm only thirty five miles, thirty eight miles from the Henrys Fork, and I'll go down and hit the Snake a lot. You know just you drop a couple thousand feet. Uh, go to the, you know, some of your tailwaters. go to the Bighorn, and, you know, just get lower, and you can, it's a year-round thing then. But here, you know, March, April, uh, it depends on the year, you know. We, our, our snow con- our moisture content in our snow is so light compared to, you know, we get back east, that when it warms up here, I mean, this place, it, it can lose its snow so fast. And, of course, that starts pushing your water out of the mountains and, you know, blows out for a while. But if that happens early, if it's a trickle, you know, you might start March, you know. And you could be in runoff for two, three weeks. And then uh, I love that dirty water runoff. Man, that is unreal. Uh, but nobody will fish it just because you can't see bottom. But most, I'd say May's when it really all starts breaking loose. You know, early May, late mid April to early May. But mostly for me, though, it's a water
2: temperature thing. So, hey Kelly, I got one a different style of question for you. I was watching your Thunder Creek video today, and I oh, love that fly. I know it's so sexy. But uh, how much um, crossover do you see between the the Thunder Creek, let's say, like a saltwater fly, um, between the salt and the fresh water? Like, um, are people throwing dungeons for redfish, or...
5: Not as you know. much as there should be. I mean, really? There's, well, like, the, the, the Thunder Creek is a, is a, that's a... Originally was done, actually, it's a... If you look it up, it was actually done by Kerry Stevens as a saltwater fly. And it didn't get any traction. And then a guy, God, I forgot his name, I think his name's Keith from Wisconsin. Man, if you're listening, don't... I just forgot, I just, I didn't know this uh, after I read it quite a while ago about, and he, and he, he reversed it, you know, changed it around a little bit. wasn't, it's not exactly like, but that fly, it's a trout fly, but originally it was, but there's very little crossover. We're trying to change that. But I mean, I just came out with a new series of bang tails that are saltwater, um, single hook articulated with a shank behind it without a hook you know just for the movement and the not as much as there probably should be you know you, you're you the saltwater guys tend to have those fish they eat you know and so they they don't have as many patterns uh and they don't put as I mean when those fish are you know now a red would be a little different but you know the ultimate snook the ultimate game fish God I love those things <laughs> they're like brown trout without spots man they're so <laughs> badass and so I have a you know a couple series of fly, the bang tail and the flatliner the same fly it's just one is set the flatliner <clears throat> uh, it's set as a glide bait, kind of. It's it's flat. The hook is down and it's sideways. It's supposed to be a dead minnow on the top or a dying minnow, right? And I fish it like that too, like a glide bait, like a kind of like a spook. It's kind of a topwater bite where I'm cracking on it, right? I give it a really hard pump and just like two three foot of rip, and then it it's it's got a bigger deceiver tail, and so it it kind of flutters a little bit, and then I crack it twice, just real small pumps, and let it sit there it's amazing to watch brown trout come up to that thing and they'll go right underneath it. And you hit it, that, that little pause. And then they're underneath it and you cap it and they just crush it like a large mouth, just, whoosh, you know? And so that would be another, you know, style where, you know, for snook or other fish that are top watery like that in the salt water where they'll crush it. You know, I've had guys tell me, you know, I've had got well bluefish when they're blitzing they'll eat anything, I suppose. But, uh, I've, I've just had guys, just as of late, though, you know, because guys are always saying to me, oh, my God, what's that? You know, look at a fly in the bin. I like, you will know, see this thing is seven, eight inches long. Uh, what's that, a tarpon fly? I said, no, actually, tarpon flies are a lot smaller than that. Uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you look at a big, you know, tarpon flies aren't big. And so it's, it's just coming around, and we're trying to get it. I, I think I told you earlier, I, I bought a lodge, my neighbor and I, Kip Webb, and I, bought the old Rickman Lodge from uh, Ricardo Mon- Monique uh, Burroughs down in Sandy Point in Abaco, which we did not get hit by the hurricane. Uh, and actually there's groups there right now, but uh, <clears throat> it's that's going to be a real unique thing for me to be able to, you know, go down there and just start working on flies. I mean, because saltwater is so cool, right? And it's just and explosive, and it's just fun to see. Uh, it just gives me a whole new avenue. I mean, that's, other than sitting in this ship three feet deep in this snow and sitting there thinking I could be sitting on the beach at 85 degrees every minute. Uh, uh, other than that, it gives me, you know, because really, if you're not fishing, you're not, you can't design flies sitting at the ice. It just doesn't work. Well, at least for me, it doesn't. There's people that can do it. For me, it really helps me to go out and see a fly move in the water. And then it just starts the, the whole creative juice thing going. It's like, uh, and, and that's really where most of my flies came because I guided so long and I would watch, you know, I'd watch you fishing and I would say, you know, Hey, you know, whatever, Chad, Jay, you know, Mark, pull a fly a little faster, you know, well, what do you mean? And you put harder, do this or do that. And you'd watch people's ability to do things. And you'd watch your fly that you made sit there and not do shit, right? It's like, okay, this is great. If it looked great in the in vice. why isn't it moving? Well, maybe if I did this. And so that's how, it, for me, that's how it comes. Or, you know, or, or you get the ultimate, you just get refusals. When you're just continuously getting refusals and you have to change something to make that positive. And so that's where For me, it'll be really, you know, for the saltwater stuff, it'll be, it'll be fun. I I wish I had, uh, I wish I had more time to fish some of those brackish water stuff, some of the stuff that's really ambushy, uh, that would be pretty cool, but I got, you know, I got a ton of buddies out there, Brucey Chard, and try to get Bruce in I mean, just different saltwater cats that, uh. Just need to get them stuff, you know. And let them try it. And same thing because they're guiding. They're the they're, guides are the test ground. That's and when you know guides won't. They and they're no bullshit. They say your fly sucks, man. It won't. It won't catch fish. Okay, they're, you know. There's an ego shot. Handsome pan a guy a fly. And I'm tell you, it sucks. And it's like uh, well, <laughs> drawing board, but uh, it'll be. There's not as much as you would think. It, uh, there isn't a bass world, but in the saltwater world. It's still, it's still flies are still coming.
2: So your place down in Abaco is that mainly going to be a bonefish, bonefish joint, or are you guys going to chase tarpon? I, I'm so limited
5: tarpon. There's a few resident down there, but um, it's a phenomenal. The miles down there that that end and where we're at, there's it's an incredible bone fishery. Uh, it, and it lends itself to a lot of stuff. You know of course you got tons of cooties all. Over. I actually got bit by one last time I was down there. What badass!
2: You personally oh, yeah. got Ta-
1: bit. Me.
5: Yeah, right. And it, it was crazy. I was uh, I was just <laughs> walking around. I was I was waiting for I, I forget I don't know Ricardo or something. We were going to fish in the afternoon, and I was I was top water plugging, and uh I had this. I was just out walking. I was just trying to catch cou. Whatever. I was just screwing around with this. You know, had a spinning rod and. And I had this topwater bait and I was walking the dog with it. And, and I get, you know, the cooters just blow those things up. They love them. And so I was walking the dog and get this little cooter. He's like, I don't know, 33540 40 inch. I don't know, not very big little one. And just kind of a snaky thing. And I was standing on the shore and I stepped into the, I stepped in the water. I got my foot about to ankle deep. and He's sitting right in front of me. I was just going to reach down and pop the, you know, pop the hook out of him. And I swear to you, even Ricardo asked me, he says, did he look at, did he look at you like he, like he was going to do it? I said, yeah, he looked me right. He leaned kind of sideways. I swear to God, he looked me right in the eye. Freaking air launched. I mean, he just launched and bit me right in the freaking shin. And, I mean, he's got a whole, but I'm, not, I'm more worried about because there's this plug in his mouth too, right? And he yeah. starts shaking, which is a real treat when you're standing in saltwater and this freaking kuda's got your shin. And I was like, Sup. and then he pop, fell off, right? So I was like, holy shit! And I'm pretty well opened up, and and uh, so I grabbed him, and I thought about squeezing his guts out, and I, I grabbed him, and I pulled the hook out of it, and I said, Do you say dinner? Tell your friends. Punk. I said, <laughs> Tell your friend, punk. I'll be back in a month. I said, no, let him go. <laughs> oh, that dickhead. It was cool. And I'm all bleeding out. So then I walked. It had a pretty good tide going out, so I knew something was coming from behind me. So I walked around for ten minutes with this blood. I wanted to see if sharks would come into me.
1: <laughs> so
5: I'm wading around. I mean, I'm just gushing blood out of this thing, right? I'm waiting. I figure, oh shit, what could be cleaner than salt water, right? So I'm just you were your own chum. Yeah, I was. I was. I kept looking down at this tide, and I'm not. Obviously, I'm not standing up to my. No, I'm junk, but I'm, I'm just out, just up to my shin and just watching this blood go down. Nothing came in. You know, nothing.
1: Nothing. Sheer like, <laughs> <and I, Sure laughs> disappointment. Yeah,
5: well, I thought it'd be kind of cool to have one of them bite your ass, too. You, know.
2: you pull the hat but, trick of getting uh, bit. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
5: So, yeah, we have bones. You know, it depends on where you're at. You get get a pretty significant – last time I was there, down, Brian Fletch and I were down there from – Brian's from Mad River Outfitters and great shop in Columbus. But uh, he and I were down there. I think the last day we were there, we had seven permit shots. They acted like permit, you know. Yeah, no way, thank you. Oh, for seven.
2: They put their middle finger up.
5: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, how are you guys doing? (laughs) Maybe next time, asshole. And so,
1: yeah, but
5: yeah, you know, you get there's a lot of stuff to fish for it, but mostly it's a bonefish zone and really good. I mean, you got just endless flats, and there's nobody, you know, it's, it's not a lot of people down there, so it's pretty cool.
2: Cool, cool, man. Hey, Kelly, like I said, uh, we had a couple questions from uh, some friends of the show that they wanted to ask you. Cool. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Hey, our buddy Dan Frazier asked, uh, you have a technique that you always have your streamers swimming upstream even when you cast upstream. Can you describe how you do that?
5: I'm not sure I understood that how I keep, when I cast upstream.
2: Uh, he said, uh, can you describe your technique that makes the stream, uh, streamer swim upstream even if you're casting upstream?
3: Like,
5: uh, no, I don't. I never, I, I never let a fly come upstream, ever.
2: Okay. Well, then, there you go. I, I
5: never swing. Well, I never swing a fly tail first into my into my zones. I try to come perpendicular to the flow. I use the same analogy everywhere I go. It'd be like a gazelle backing its ass into a lion's mouth. They don't do that, you know. A, a minnow doesn't swim backwards, and and there's really and they're they're really not as detectable when they're sitting there anyway. And so when I fish straight upstream, I want my flies to come, I either am coming perpendicular to the flow, or I, I want the fly heading downstream with his head coming downstream. And I do a ton of upstream fishing. And when I do that straight upstream, I have the fly coming down. I don't fish long. I'll, I'll, I'll make a, I, I tend to fish really close. I'm generally walking, obviously, because if you're in a boat, you'd be moving. But uh, I'm walking upstream. And I'll throw, I mean, a 30-foot cast would be a big cast. 20 is more like it. And I'll try to control the fly for, say, 6 to 10 feet of the retrieve. And then, depending on the speed of the river, if it's a slow river, you could do it further. But uh, I always want the head coming either straight down or at a slight angle across stream. down. But always head first coming at me. Never do I let a fly swing tail first. If it's my only shot, if it's the all I've got and I have to go for whatever reason I can't get to that pool to come to it upstream or across from it, then I'll I'll swing one down, but I try to do a mend that keeps the fly going the line goes in front of the fly so that the head still goes to the to the bank first.
2: Huh. I, I guess I've been doing it wrong this entire time. <laughs> well that's
5: you yeah. know it's old school. That's how we used to swing you know, it, it's it, and I, I get a lot of that, and you know, there's a lot of the swing guys. You know, that because I'm I'm frequently saying that I don't like to use switches or space for steel or for. Uh, I grew up doing that. You know, for steelhead, it's a different world, and they are different species. Everything's different about it, and the style's different. But I don't ever tail first to fly. we uh, you know we, and the style that I fish, especially you know in a boat or wading, doesn't matter. But in a boat, you go you pick. You know, I, I try to hunt the water. I don't just throw it in hope. I don't, because it's a big fly. And that's one of the things I see done wrong a lot is people just huck that son of a bitch as far as they can and start pulling. They don't read their water. You've got to read the water. I mean, you, it's more important. It, it doesn't matter if you've got a fistful of night crawlers. You throw the son of a bitch where there's no fish. There's no fish. It's just you have to be hunting it. And you, you learn where the fish stay and where they they rest which what they're doing in the daytime when we're fishing them. They're not actively feeding very often in the daytime. And so the real fish, you know, fish over two foot. And so when you – when we throw out, we throw – 40 foot would be a big cast, man. I mean, from a boat, and 30 is probably more like it. And then you retrieve over the zones that you think the fish are in, right? You don't just – bring it all the way to the boat, and then start all over as the boat's moving and miss all the peripheral zones coming at you, you hunt a certain spot, you know, in in a cut, you know, a ledge or something that's a holding water for the fish. And so then you come, and the the thought of coming across the fish perpendicular, that's when you start triggering multiple responses. You start getting a reactionary bite. If it's a food-based day, you can slow it down, jig it coming back and forth, like you said about that jig fly but you're triggering it coming across, but it's super, super unnatural for a minnow or a bait fish, well, rainbow, or whatever, you know, that's a good use for rainbows is to feed brown trout,
1: <laughs> and so they,
5: they, but they aren't going to back their ass into that fish's face, I mean, they don't go backwards, nothing goes, trout don't just, they'll be on a feeding zone, you know, and just kind of ride back and forth in the zone, but if they want to relocate, they don't swim backwards, you don't walk backwards downtown. Why would the fish do that in the river? It's, it's, so, and they need to, they need to hit those things in the head to get them. You know, when they stunt, when they, they don't bite their, their tail. They, when they're attacking something, they hit it in the front uh, quarter of the body. And they usually bite it and hold on to it. And they don't eat it anyway. They just bite it. I mean, sculpin, they'll eat in one gulp. but But they're, you know, it's, it's going there. If you're going sideways, you'll do much better.
2: Okay. Well, hey, that's something new for us to uh, to try on our next couple droplets for sure.
5: Uh, here, here's <clears throat> slidein.com. Modern streamers too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is not on the forbidden a word. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Kelly, our buddy Steve, uh, Pogo Pike want to know mm-hmm. uh, what drives you to continue to share and be a leader in the sport over the years.
5: Questions like that. Okay. Uh it's it's really you know the bairers of the world, the kids that come along. Uh I, I for me it was I I don't know. I I just really dig people you know it's I, I I like it it just makes you feel good when people you know write you call you stop and see and say man you know you really changed the way I do things and I appreciate it and you know I had guys I had mentors like that Dave Ellis probably the finest angler I've ever known I mean the guys that shared everything they ever knew with me you know and it was like it feels good. I mean, you, you change somebody's life for the positive. You know, there's plenty of negative shit out there, and it's like, it, it feels pretty good. I mean, you, you walk down an air, you know, an airport, and half a dozen kids stop you and say, "Hey, man, it's so cool!" and take pictures, and everybody's having fun. And I mean, it, it's just such a cool sport. And it's if you ain't, I mean, I grew up with the kind of lockjaw on the on the stuff. You know, where guys were. Not necessarily going to share, like holding back a little bit or something, and it's just—I don't get it. I think it's just really cool to watch it develop, and it, and you don't get to stay the king, man. I mean, it's a pass it on and watch it happen because it, you know you're going to learn from these. I mean, I learned it from every kid I ever fish with. I love fishermen guys in their twenties. They're just so—they got so much. They're just going right, and they've tried everything, and so. You're supposed to pass it along. That's what it's supposed to do and because every time you do it, you you know I I don't know if people are afraid that they're they're not gonna be considered the king anymore or whatever if they ever were. I think it's kinda of crock of shit anyway. Nobody is. And I guarantee you the best angler on this planet no one's ever heard of and you're sitting out there just kicking it. he he's doing the he's the one that's or she, I mean, I don't care who it is. But you know, the more you share, the more you get back. And, and people and you can't believe how many flies i get sent to me how many people send me pictures what do you think of this you know you know oh, that's great what a great idea and it's the same with the flies you know sharing your flies and when when the articulated stuff came out i mean i get a ton of credit for like i invented it. it's such a crock of shit that thing's been around forever i've got a in the new book i've got a a picture from a 1954 herders catalog with a triple articulated streamer. 1954. Where's herders? Like, I didn't invent this shit. Neither did anybody else alive. Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. It was
5: like, you know, it's, but you get this stuff and it, it all comes back to you. I mean, it's, it's just, and that's the whole, that's your payback paybacks. And, you know, people say it, you know, that's great. You know, that's what more do you need? Is it's it's not like we're all making millions. Of, well, I am, you know, hundreds of millions.
2: Obviously, Kevin
5: <laughs> Kevin Van Dam calls me for advice on this all the time. Right? Yeah, <laughs> well,
2: you can't beat his uh, his colors, man. KVD's where it's at.
5: Oh man, I'm telling you what, he's a Michigan boy too. He grew up in Kalamazoo. Doesn't yeah. get any better. No, he used to fish. I, you know, and I don't. One of my buddies, one of my fishing partners, fishes with him. Uh, quite a bit. I, did, I didn't, you know, he was off going to the big world when I was around and when, when I would have had a chance, but I've been following that guy and I, I'll lose basket. I mean, the bass thing to me is so important because uh, they've been doing a lot of this stuff a lot more than the fly guys have for a long time, especially that reactionary stuff.
2: So, but, hey, I got I got a dumb one for you, Kelly. Your buddy fishes with KVD?
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Is there any way you guys could put us in touch with him? I've been trying for months to get KVD on the show. (laughs) No.
5: (laughs) I would love to. I would love to say I've I've only met Kevin once in my life. It was at the same show as the Shaw Grigsby. We want to talk about a lineup. It was Shaw Grigsby, Kevin Van Dam, um, Babe Winkleman, Bill Dance. This was 25 years ago. And
2: Kelly Gallup. Wow.
5: Yeah, yeah. A, a young <laughs> oh Kelly guy Oh my Gallop. God! I'm walking around bumping into shit, just staring at him. I'm so starstruck. Going, holy shit! Boom! Oh shit! There's a post. Look out! Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's pretty wild. So there was other guys there too, but that's like Al Linder, man. I did uh-huh. a show with him yeah. two years ago. Dude, that guy, he is such a light. Le- and I don't remember; he's 80, I think. Dude, he, he looks like he's 60 and more energy than anybody. I, I mean, I don't know how those guys keep up with him. That's he's good. Like break a dawn, fishing and go. The guy is a super stud, but talk about a wealth of knowledge, man.
2: That's good, clean living right there <laughs> with Outlander. Yeah, for
5: him, for sure.
1: Yeah, so, man.
2: So, hey, Kelly. Yeah, he's doing... our, well, our buddy Ellis had a question for you. It was a. With the material advances and access to technol- or techniques, how much innovation do you think is left in the world of fly tying?
5: Tons. I've said this for years, that the synthetics are going to change. Because I always say, you know, we, we, we were talking about flies earlier, about where I, I kind of draw the line somewhere in that, that 8 to 10. 10's really pushing the, the envelope for us. For our retrieve styles, but I've said it for years: the synthetics are going to lighten, uh, lighten the flies, and make an ability to to grow them and still make them swim right. And it's still coming. I mean, there's it, most everything's been done, but not everything's been done, and and there's going to be ways to change it forever. It's just that's the beauty of fly fishing. I mean, making your own, uh, making your own lures, flies, whatever. That's the, that's the fun part of it. And so, I mean, it's, it's just anything, you know, there'll be some kid will come along some 14 year old girl will show up at a tying event and she'll have a new fly, you know, and nobody will know who she is. And it's maybe that one or some 16 year old boy it happened to me two years ago at a tying thing. Uh, you know, this kid showed up with a fly and I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God. Why didn't I think of that? And it's like it it'll it it'll never end. I mean there's no reason for it to I mean uh we you know, there's still built how many freaking lures are in the world and every year. I mean I was telling Melissa today about the Kevin's uh I was watching a bass show with Kevin on it today and and he wasn't talking about the Sexy Shad, but that was the number one infomercial. I saw a thing on infomercials once. that was the number one 24-hour thing ever. And it, he won the BSS, you know, the, the whole thing. And he kept talking about how he's using the Sexy Shad. And then he released it. I believe it was that night, but they said on the infomercial, I don't remember exact. I think it was 5.6 million units in the 24-hour year window. It was it was a number that's not conceivable. And this thing, this show wasn't about fishing. It was about infomercials, and they said that was the number one ever. So, I know <laughs> I have. He calls me to. I've finances.
2: I have a ton of sexy shads in my cranking yeah, box from back in the bass yeah. days.
5: Yeah, it's a uh, it's money, but uh, I, I, never, I mean, but think about it. That's how, how long have we had plugs, you know, forever. Some sort of plug. I mean, you know, whatever. And look at the, I mean, where the hell did the umbrella rig come from? There's just stuff. It, people think, and and that's a, and that's back to that thing when you ask me how do I keep going and why, you know, what do I get? At? It's that you know, you watch the innovation and things change, and you will see how that you influenced a little bit of it. That's cool. I mean, that's all you get out of it. You're you're not going to make millions of dollars. So you, you better find some good in it, and it's super. And then you get to you get to start messing with it all over again. I mean. I told you that guy, Dave Ellis, uh, who's, this guy's 84 years old and still can fish with anybody and still ties. And every time there's a new fly, he'll call me up and say, hey, have you seen this thing? And he'll crank out, you know, 10 dozen perfect flies and can't wait to get out and try these things, you know. And so it's, it never ends. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. The materials, the materials, just on a synthetic note, nothing will ever beat Marabou.
1: It has
2: soul. <laughs> but, but you can't lick the marabou anymore, right?
5: <laughs> well, I still can. I'm past hope. <laughs> you just end up goofy like Johnny. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> he can't. So, hey uh-huh. Kelly, uh, do you have any plugs or anything that we should get to? Where can, can people you, find what? you? Where can people find oh, you, man?
5: I didn't do enough shameless self promotion. No, uh, slide there's in never da- enough. <laughs> SlideIn.com. That's all you need. I mean, if you look up, if my name, if you look the name up or slidein.com, it'll be, it'll get you right to us. It'll, and then whoever's out there that wants to go on a saltwater trip with me in April, well, you can go down. We're doing a hosted trip down there, to the Bahamas. That'll, that's going to be a hoot. But uh, pretty much, if you look up, you know, slide com's where all our our e-commerce stuff is, or just call or right. I mean, call the shop. You can see. It's all on there. I, I get that constantly. They'll pick up the phone. Hey, uh, I was calling about one of Kelly's flies. What do you want to know? And then they hear my ridiculously nasally voice, and they go, "That <laughs> yeah. was." You ever watch that guy Jesse James on West Coast Choppers? You ever heard of him? Yes. He was, yeah, and I hate his voice. Right? I can't stand his voice. I watch the show all the time. I love the show. I'm walking, through, I'd never, you know, 20 years of doing Fly Fish TV. And all these hundreds of videos and all this shit, and I've never seen anything I've ever done. I, I just don't. I, I I've never read one of my books, uh, but <laughs> I mean, you write it, you know. You but I've never watched one of my shows unless I have to edit something. But I'm walking through my living room one day and I hear this, and I and it's Sunday morning, right? <clears throat> and I have no idea that. And I'm walking through, and I am. Uh, I just went. God, I hate that guy's voice. I looked at the left and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sure. <laughs> I was for sure it was Jesse. <laughs> it's like oh, great! It sounds just like uh, I was like, so I don't. Uh. <laughs> but so mm. people will call all the time, and they're like, I can't believe you're answering the phone. Yeah, me either. See you. No, just, uh, no. It's just it's really cool because when people call, you know, they just i don't know what they think you know who else can going to answer johnny you know he's never at work time he doesn't get to work till noon so uh yeah they just they can look it up anywhere call the shop you know email us it all goes right to it's either it's one of the four of us jeremy chris johnny or me so
0: well, you know it's funny you world, say that too because i can't tell you how many people i've talked to and i've called and it's always like who's calling where are you from hey is kelly there yeah here he is right here one second <laughs> exactly. It's like Hey, you want to podcast?
5: Sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> like what what else do I be doing? Getting my makeup put on? <laughs> Dude, <that's> <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I don't know, it just kind of cracks me up. It was kinda of like uh, uh when I used to dive a lot through when I was before I was writing the books so I was doing the diving, it was, it was kinda of like I'd pop up in the water and the guys go, What are you doing? <laughs> thinking well, what the hell's it? like? <laughs> I don't know. I shag, you know, shagged a ball. I'm down here looking for it. I don't know.
1: It's like yeah,
5: you you answered the phone. Well, yeah, it was ringing. will <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <just> slide in. <laughs>
1: yeah,
5: that's the name on the sign. So,
1: uh,
2: all right, Kelly. Well, hey, we want to thank you for your uh, for wasting a. Uh, an hour and a half of your Sunday afternoon with us.
5: Yeah, I, I planned it so I didn't miss MLS, so I didn't manage any of the good fishing shows, so made sure we didn't interrupt it.
2: <laughs>
5: yeah, I'd have to sit here and watch and say, What'd you say? Hey, there's a country herd from. There you go. There's
2: one of them yep. dogs. There's some dogs.
5: <laughs> yeah,
2: crazy things. So, yeah,
5: no, it's been great. I love these things. They're a blast. Good.
2: guys, I could listen to that all day, but you know what else I could listen
0: to all day? Kelly. Fucking Kelly. Every time.
1: God man, damn, just, that was oh, good.
0: Awesome. <laughs> always a pleasure to talk to. You, you always learn something and just...
2: And it <laughs> always seems like we're not putting him out, you know? He's in, happy to talk to us. Like he you said. know, there's
0: a lot to be said now, because I, I... Mostly whenever we set up a lot of these guests, we have social media, we have ways to... Kelly, you don't. in. You have to. I, I physically call him every time, and I even called today. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. Hey, no, what's going on? I just like just checking in for it. it's You never feels like you're putting him out.
2: I know, man. It's great. It, that was so much fun. God, and he said our names. He he remembered our <laughs> names three quarters of the way through the show. He said, "Hey, if I'm in a boat with Chad Marker J, sorry, PJ." I thought but, about that, but I didn't, I didn't say nothing. Though. But he, you know, it's just stuff like that. He remembers your name. He's gonna remember Jay's big nose when he goes into, uh, into that's the be, slide that's in. Be the first is Jay's gonna walk <laughs> in. Hey, Callie. Oh,
4: you're, you're the big nose fucking guy.
2: That's exactly what he's gonna say. <laughs> the big nose fucking guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
2: Jesus Christ.
0: So, no, Mark- no, uh, Ted, I talked to him earlier today, and he's just he speaks highly of him. Oh, if Ted speaks to all of you, you know you're a good
2: dude. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, Ted doesn't speak to me. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I'm joking. Uh. Ted's a good dude. Um, so we uh, we have a couple musky outings that we haven't got a chance to talk about. Yeah. I went out Monday and you went out yesterday. Um, you got to take out a new guy. I did. Dude, I got to take out Dick. He is such a fun dude to talk to. Here, I'll turn this down a little
0: bit. Um, well, my phone's dying That's why I was shutting her Okay Shutting her down here. Let
2: me know I'll, I'll, I'll switch over good, You're good but, uh, I'm off I get to talk uh, fish with Dick He is such a good dude This is uh, Dave Huff's buddy Dave Huff's buddy um, He travels around for work Coming back again soon He said he comes up this way About two to three times a year Cool I said dude Anytime you're coming up here Nuts to them hotels Come hang out with us And let's fish when you're not working and yeah. he was like, "Yeah, man, let's do that." He uh he gave me a musky fly. This thing mm-hmm. is sick. Mm-hmm. It, it's I'd, tons of colors. Um, he's using a um Dave Huff's feathers mm-hmm. that uh
0: I could see that in there after I had some of his. Looking at them. I'm like, "Hey, it didn't look like Dave's."
2: Yep, exactly. So, it's it's a sick fly, and uh like I said, he was a good dude to fish with. Um, we were out fishing. And uh, I'm going to say a half hour in, he had two follows. Right where you always get follows, Mm -hmm, Mark. mm -hmm. That's why I put him there. And I went down. I was like, yeah, go. Half hour in. he's like, I got a follow, follow, follow. And then uh, maybe three minutes later, he said, another one. It's another one. But I want to ask you this. He said he had the fish in the eight. I didn't get to see it. And he said the fish opened his mouth, went like it was going to eat, and then came across his shadow line and kind of spooked off. Have you had that happen in that area?
0: No, I've had it happen if you stall that fly. Okay. If you come high and you stall it and it opens, instead of forcing it through it, I've had them just kind of open and then just swim right off. Okay. I've never I, I've never had shadow issues. You've never yet. met yeah uh, no Correlated the shadows, No, or? because the shadow's almost always over the water. There's right so there. many different yeah. trees that's I've had that fish and multiple fish in that area. God, just I'd one in the eight there yesterday. I mean, I've had multiple fish there in the eight for fifteen, twenty, thirty seconds that have never never bumped off of it. but if you do stall it, oh yeah, so the lack of speed do you think is what they're rel-
2: relating to? a person
0: it's hard because certain fish are every fish is different i've seen some fish that just wanted it really fast some fish that didn't i mean i don't want to hop over but i mean that correlates like a fish i had yesterday every fish is just a little different it's hard to tell
2: yeah they're they're like people they're all different everyone is yep um other than other than that, we didn't really have much fish activity. We had a lot of uh, good bullshit talk. I got to, to cast uh, one of Dave Huff's musky rods. It's a nice rod, for what it is. Um, now, what is that considered? 10 weight, 11 weight, 12 weight? The one I was casting was a 12. Okay. I think he's selling a 10 and a 12. And what was he throwing on that, do you remember? Uh, I think it was a 350... Who is this? Tantric. I think it was an Airflow
4: 350.
2: 350's a nine weight.
4: It's pretty light.
2: I could be wrong, but I think that's what he said. Hmm. Okay. And it casted good. It was a nice casting rod. Like I said, where I'm used to holding my ESOX rod Mm -hmm. is the split in the two cork sections in Dave's rods. So it would just take some getting used to whether to hold it high or hold it low. But I was. What do
0: you do when you switch to your Predator 10, then?
2: I hold the cork in my bottom two fingers, okay. and then I, I grab graphite in the top two got fingers. You. Okay, gotcha. So, it, it's like one of these deals. Yeah. So, but yeah, I definitely always...
0: In all reality, you know what you need to do is just bite the bullet. And have Tom Shank customize you one to the grip you want and get that rod just <laughs> for you. And that is your musky stick. I know.
1: No matter where we go, we'll figure out a way to transport it.
0: <laughs> just get one. Just cater. Because you do. You like your grip style a lot different. I do. In, I've, I've never, that's, in, that's a high grip. Everybody has their own way of casting. You it. have a predator, don't you? Yeah. And I grip
2: down. like I, I'm probably a few inches from the real seat. Yeah. Like I said, I grip way up high.
0: I, I choke up just like when I'm beating off. Oh yeah, I love to choke up. Well, and that's like myself. Like what, when I'm taking people on my boat, a lot of times I'm taking people that are kind of fresh, so I don't put them to where they can backhand. And you could say, I mean, I can backhand very yeah. well, but I can't do it with an extended butt. I have to have just a little short fighting butt. So that 12 weight for that, I can just bury it right into my like right into my forearm, mm-hmm. and I can backhand extremely well. You get that long extended butt, it slides off from side to side when I'm moving, and I lose the rod. So yeah, you have ahead. your way of burying it right in to where you come over high on the top yep. and, like, extend out. Where I come more and roll and, like, like, snap it. And and I noticed the difference because you can lay yours flush there yeah. and it stays there for you. And
2: it's weird. It's, it's really freaking weird that we fish enough together that you
0: notice that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's... Because the way that you fish, and, like, I fish in the front and you fish in the back, and the way that our casting strokes are... We can go all day long and never, ever, ever... not not I mean, we're paying attention where we are. Yeah. But it's just the way that the angles are. We can sit and cast parallel all day long and never have an issue whatsoever. It's good. It's, and it's good when you get a fishing partner
2: that you can do that with. Yeah. Especially fly fishing,
0: you know? I mean, because yours is always hanging just a little bit further out to the right where mine are coming in straight over my back and are all coming back to the same angle. So there's a big V back there. Yeah. And we're never coming close to touching our... I cast a lot
2: like I throw a baseball, and it's it's not overhand. It's
0: like more sidearm. Yep. You know? But you keep your forearm straight, which keeps that rod buried in there, and it doesn't slide off. Where I don't, I roll my wrist, Yeah. and then when I get to the top, I haul really high, and I pull really hard, and then I stop it. And it just fires... And it's, it's a completely different stroke. It's two totally different yep. It's
2: different sports, basically.
0: <laughs> yep. So, like, whenever I do that, like, I prefer to be casting with my right arm when I'm using the extended butt. Okay. Because then I'm just casting normal with my right, and I can keep my forearm a lot straighter. And I can do more of a Belgian haul and come down low and come up high and just keep it high and flush and straight. So, but, like, backhanding-wise, that little short butt... That's why, like, if I got one of his rods, I'd be so torn. Do I get. Do I just have. Maybe just a regular one like I'm so used to? You're talking to Thomas Chack. Yeah, because check. I'm getting within the next uh, few weeks here, soon, very soon, I'm getting the, uh, the two-hand rod. After that, then yes, I'm getting a shank rod. Absolutely. Would I get to. Would I just get the regular fighting butt like I'm used to, which is this plain old, standard, old-school knob? Or do I go to the.
2: So, how long do you think it's going to be till you get. In the shanks,
0: it's gonna yeah. be a while. Okay, yeah. that that gives me time
2: to start putting away too. Then that way we only could do t-
0: two, yeah, and then only do one. That would be perfect. Yeah, only that pay one be, shipping. Yep, and I know another guy that's gonna be ready for one by then too. He's getting a starter out here soon, and I know <laughs> you're listening.
1: He'll be. Uh, <laughs> we're not saying. And, his
0: name, and maybe so. by that point, when we get to there, there could be three of us involved, and that would cut down on that substantially for us.
2: Yeah, we're not gonna say his name because his wife might be listening.
0: But I honestly think <laughs> I would stay with the conventional little fighting butt. See, I, I really like the long one.
2: Just yep. I, also because it helps in the figure eight, I think as well. But that's but that's to be also honest me. with you.
0: I would also get his 10 weight and I would get it with the long fighting butt though.
2: That's probably that's what I would 12. go with. If, no, if you go to the 12, I'll I go, would go, go to 10. the
0: 10 with a regular. I'll go 10 with
2: a, a extended fighting butt. And sick. then that way we can take down south and go tarpon fishing so and striper fishing.
0: Oh, I like
2: that. Uh, oh, speaking of that, I had a guy reach out to me on the on the Instagram page. He's like, hey, you guys are talking all this musky rod talk. And uh, he wants a striper rod to to do what we do with musky fishing. He said, you would have no idea how many stripers hit on the figure eight. So, uh, so I went through... The list of rods that, that we've used, you know, and I was like, hey, check out Thomas Shank man, check out Chippewa Customs, and then also check out Dave Huff, You know, there's a lot of good rods out there, and a lot of good rods that are coming in the reasonable range. Um, the Orvis Clearwater, that's a, that's, a, that's retail a good rod.
0: Two fifty rod retail.
2: Oh, uh, they're they nine foot four like musky
0: yeah. rod.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's a nice rod. It's, it it's a
0: really good rod. The eleven it, weight is the ten weight. From what I've heard, I've never touched one. So I don't know. It is a, From what I've heard, it's a very undergun. But the 11-weight, we know a few guys have used them, and they love them. Well, because the, yeah. what they did this time, they they made all new
4: fu- tapers. So, like, mm-hmm. that's a musky rod taper now. So, like, it'd be way mm-hmm. better than
2: the old ones.
0: I know I've had... Healy, I've, but, I've,
2: George Daniel was involved in helping uh, make the taper for that rod. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. That's, the options are limitless now. Yeah. For I, what people want to do on... Ballers on a budget.
0: I mean, know? if you're, you're looking for a musky rod, you really want something that's going to have the backbone to figure eight, well.
2: And You want ag- a
0: solid rod in a figure eight.
2: Then again, you're also looking, what are you going to be doing with it? Because what you're doing with a musky rod at this time of year, Mark, is not what you're going to be doing with a musky rod in two months. You know?
0: Sure you. I you. I'm...
2: <laughs> Sorry It's We're not going to be
0: the same thing it, You're not Well I'm going to be on a boat And I'm not going to be standing on shore The only difference is I have a piece of metal In between myself and the water not dirt yeah, I'm I still figure in the same I'm not
2: casting it. a full sink line In that
0: place In what place? Where you are now Oh, but I'm still figure eight in the same. Yeah, you're still figure eight I had to cast a full sink because I had this line that threw about 18 foot of it off across the creek last week. <laughs> exactly. But like yeah. I said... And I caught that fish in the same dang spot I hung that line. That was like revenge. On the same fly that was hung in the tree.
2: How's that? That's redemption.
0: That is redemption.
2: <laughs> I love it. That was great. But I, I like I was telling Dick on Monday, I was like, this place has really effed up my casting stroke. Because oh, yeah. It,
0: it's hard. And oh, yeah. You're, you're cutting a lot of things quick and you're hauling real fast because you yeah. can't let it go any further. You're going to be hung 30 foot up a tree. Yeah. So you got to snap real quick and fire it out.
2: It it really effed up my casting stroke.
0: And yeah. I can't wait to get out somewhere where
2: I can actually like open up and...
0: And well, do I, it well, again. K- imagine yesterday when I don't have that line because it's on his way in the mail, and I have a tropical Leviathan line. <laughs> it's 25 degrees out, and this thing's coiled in balls, and I'm trying to fire a line with it. That's
2: like that blue intermediate that I have. Yep. I, I have no idea what that line is. I, I couldn't tell you, but it, it does the same thing.
0: Do we want to hit on that a little bit now? Yours? Yeah.
2: Yeah, let's yeah, go What a
0: good. whack day. I mean, Hey, do you have any beers over there? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Oh. Keep talking for a second. <laughs> yeah. Mark had a whack day. I got bush here if you want to. Yeah. Let's do that. Me, uh, I don't know. There's sure. beers coming from every direction. <laughs> yeah, have, you, you, get, you get a, get a bush up. latte. Thanks, BJ. you
0: But no, like I start off and I go up to the spot typical where uh, where I start off at where you sent Dick to. And I move a fish out of there early, kind of as I suspected, same typical one, that upper 20s pushing 30 fish. He's always kind of poking around in there. It kind of comes up, falls off quick. So I work my way all around the outside, nothing, nothing, nothing. All the way down around the back, and then I come up through the inside. Fish my way the whole way up through, for the most part, and hit everything well. And that big, huge, long, thin stick that I jacked up way up, did you see where it jammed itself? What a mess. Mm -hmm. Now you can't fish it from that opposite side. We're going to have to wait out and grab that. Yeah. You can get it right off the bank, I think.
2: I pulled another big, long stick out on Monday. Um, That's the
0: one that I pulled out the way up by the feeder mouth, where I got snagged at. That thing had came that way the whole way back down. That thing took, what, two months to get down
2: there? Yeah. That was like 80 yards. Why well, I, I got snagged on it, and then I was mm-hmm. like, I couldn't. I was throwing up over it, and it the line would shoot over it, but it wouldn't un, undo <laughs> my hook. I was like, fuck it. I just grabbed it, and I walked back. I took one step and it popped loose, but it it pulled the log out and shifted it like 15 feet downstream further. So it's close to that dam.
0: Gotcha. So I worked my way up through that inside seam and I got to where I lost that fly at. Excuse me. So where it is, there's like a big, huge tree that comes the whole way across the creek almost. So I'm throwing up on an angle like way up inside of that tree. It's probably what? 50 f- foot, maybe?
3: To get yeah. way,
0: the whole way up in there. It's about a 50 foot cast. And you kind of let it just sit and die itself through there. Because that opposite side might be, I don't know, five foot, seven, something. I don't know. Somewhere you've ever taken there. But yeah, the close o- to you, it's kind of shallow. The other side's so deep. You kind of let it bury in there. And then you can start kind of like stripping like real hard until you feel that fly. And then just snap it. And it'll kind of just turn itself sideways and drift it through that pole. It was like third strip in. It kind of started drifting sideways, and you just felt it just rawr, railed it. And this fish just came up and hammered it. So, got that fish in. It was probably, what, like 30, I don't know, 31, 32, and worked my way back up around and back up to kind of that main spot. But before that, stopped at that main pool. I still had that big fly on. And kind of working that edge where the drop-off is on the big pull, I moved a good one there. Probably 42 range.
2: Ooh, that's came a nice,
0: fish. Came in like under the fly, just real lazy. And no matter what you did figure eight-wise, it wasn't engaging. It just kind of swam off. So I got myself up below that spot. Every single freaking cast this fish came in. One after another, after another, after another, after another. Like 15 times or maybe more.
2: A, a different fish.
0: No, it's the same. Uh, like no,
2: I mean, not the big fish.
0: No, no, no. This is in a different area. Different fish. This fish is probably 32 to 4, give or take. And it came in every single cast. As long as you made the same cast. If you changed it. So I kind of figured out after enough times, he would come in, he'd come up behind it, and he would either nibble the tail, or when you went high right, he would come up and, like, nose off on it. Or he'd come up and kiss it and, like, touch the fly. he never open its mouth and always swim back to the same spot. So I started coming in from a different angle and swinging it from a different side. Just and he kept coming every time then, too. Just like my high school girlfriend. Just put your mouth on it. Yeah. Just put your mouth on it. So he keeps coming, then I don't know how many times that fish came in, 15 at least. And then all of a sudden, one time he just comes in hotter than hell. Comes firing in after it. I go into a figure eight, I come wide, he swipes hard, come back down, and I lose it. And I make another figure eight, and I make a turn, I make an eight, and I look to the left, and I'm turning. And as soon as I go high rate, I start to pull down in, and the thing eats it. And I look up, and I'm looking to the left trying to find the fish. And I look over and all I'm doing is dragging. His, drag his mouth wide open. And it's, ah! Yep. <laughs> hook pulls out. You, there's no I, way to get a good hook set in it. At that I point. literally, at that point, probably made another 15 casts after that. That fish came back three more times. I looked same at my fly watch. fly the whole time? Same fly the whole time. It was pitch black at that point. I had the sunglasses off because I was going on and off with them. I was figurating with my sunglasses up and down trying to see like, to find the fish because it was so hard to see. It was like <laughs> almost pitch black out. I started with that fish at 10 after 5. For 50 <laughs> minutes, we played cat and mouse. I left twice, and I went up above, and I hit it real quick for like 5, 6 casts to see if that one would poke its head back out, and then I went back down. I did that twice. But for fifty minutes, him and I sat there and played cat and mouse, back and forth, cast after cast after cast. I think I might go there tomorrow. And even after hooking that one, I was still, I still can't quit thinking about that dragging that, just seeing his mouth over, up over top. <laughs> I would <laughs> head back there tomorrow. I
2: think I'm going to. My wife, uh, we went to the Cleveland Home Show yesterday, so she wants to paint like two rooms. She said, I don't mind if you don't help me paint and you go fishing. I said, Deal. I'm not fucking doing that.
0: <laughs> yep. I don't blame you. I think it would be stupid to stay home.
2: Yeah. I was trying to think of like. where can I go? Uh, I'm gonna harass Mark's fish. <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't be. They should be day after full moon.
2: Yeah. Hope they're hot. Um, have you had any luck on anything that doesn't have the uh the wiggle tails? Yeah. You've been having luck on the,
0: the feather tail mm. flies? Uh, like synthetic tails and feather tails, yeah. But just very slow. But the wiggle tails happen because they've been working so slow that holographic flash ones have been the ones that have been really effective. Okay. The standard colors so haven't you, been.
2: So you're not working any of the Cohen tails? You're, you're mm. all the Pacorini All oh, the
0: Pacorini I've tried some of the Cohen's, I haven't had any luck with them. They're mm. really liking the flash because they're just going so slow. We throw like an intermediate, mending it up, letting it sit for like five, seven seconds, and then just pull real slow, and then just pull after pull, and then just maybe let it pause a second, but just really, 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 really slow pulls, and just letting that tail wiggle, and it'll come in behind it. Once you get them like six, eight feet out, and starting to figure it real fast.
2: Okay. So once you have them, their interest peaked,
0: then you want to spark it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But in somewhere like the bigger pole, if you're fishing from the right side of it, working that whole section there, no, haven't been, not, I mean, the last fish there that I landed last week was on the pack tail, but before that, just any regular tails, just like that side to side action, cause they're watching that drop off right there. Okay. That's a good spot to go in there with something like that. There and the. I'll have to check that out for sure. back around the corner in there and sit and work in between that tree. I wouldn't even right now, the whole way up, all the way up. Mm-hmm, I right tried, now. I tried
2: fishing um, up higher than where where you normally start. I fished when I was waiting for Dick the other day. I fished up there because I didn't want to mess up anything below, like where we normally fish. Yeah. And I I didn't move shit, but like I said, I only had half an hour. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but the whole way up there might not be a bad place right now either.
2: Yeah, man, it, it's something. It's something to do and something to get out and
0: stretch them old winter bones out. Cause you figure whatever fish are the whole way up there, they're active. They're messing with current. So if they're going to eat, they're going to eat quick. That's a good place to go in and go in for 15, 20 minutes. Gun some flies through there let some drift, let some fast, let some little bit of this, little bit of that kind of hit four different speeds and see if you can find something. If one moves and then okay, work that consistency down throughout. If not, didn't waste much time on it, move on. Yeah. Oh. But that's that's kind of what I've been doing there a lot is going into like a, a spot where I know right off the bat there's going to be fish there and working four, three, four different ways. And getting him to engage on which way do he engage and then fish that way the rest of that and it's been effective. Okay. So going in, you know, maybe it's like a, like one of them wiggle tails with holographic and working it real slow with pauses, or going with like a floating line and a river pig and burying it the whole way down deep and just jigging it up and down, or a real big, huge, gaudy fly. Or kinda of like the standard like doubles with uh, you know, just with the and, feather tails and, yep, and just kind of working that through and see if they want something more natural.
2: So, have you been doing, having any luck with the the deer hair head flies? I
0: haven't even fished them. I haven't even brought them. They're not even in the box. They're not whatsoever. even in the arsenal no. anymore. No, nope. for this time of year. Nope. They'll come back out here soon, but no.
2: For this time of year, it's they're not even. in you just
0: can't keep them down to where they need to be to fish as slow as you can with the line you have right now.
2: I'm with you. So yeah, it's
0: just not fact. I mean, I have a couple of them in there. Then if I'm in like a big open spot and you know, when the water drops maybe like another 50, 60 CFS and you kind of get no current through it, then I, I can work slow on a, um intermediate, but they're sparsely tied heads. And I have a couple that I've jammed in there. But. So
2: with the weave hair, are you, uh, you stacking it like, no, like you do No, wrapping it in the
0: brush. Or brushing it, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. So it retains a little bit of water, it'll get down and... It gets that nice just glide bait action side to side. Yeah. Wiggle back and forth. Just like
2: Kelly was talking about. Mm-hmm.
0: That's really what you're looking for. You're either doing a jigging action or you're doing it side to side. And I guess that changer gets that little tail swim, too, so it's like an actual swimming fish, then.
2: You know what I think would be perfect for that place? A size six or six-aught uh, ball kid's deceiver. You know? I Yeah. I think that would be cat's ass. Mm-hmm. That would put you right in the nine inch range. Tied up tonight and fishing tomorrow. I might. But then again, our wives are at a dildo party, so I might not hit the vice tonight. There'll be other things I'll be hitting. Giggity giggity. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, yeah. I doubt that'll happen for me. But probably
0: breaking records tonight. Yep. yep. <laughs> pj has been listening. (laughs) Breaking the
2: beat-off records.
0: (laughs) No, I don't even bring these ones out this time. Once the lake starts up here soon, then all the Buford heads, deer heads, and all that come back out. I got way too many musky flies. As I was telling you earlier, I got like three whole boat boxes full, plus a patch that I I carry around right now, a little sushi roll, and a pouch It probably has 30 flies. So I use like five. <laughs> I think that's what I might do.
2: I might uh, switch up my Vu pack. I have all those uh, the flies I made for the Niagara River. I think I might take all those out and start putting musky flies in that because the uh, time of the year you need it. Yeah, I just don't have anywhere to put them till till next year. <laughs> They'll end
0: up just in a piece of Tupperware or something. That'll work till then. And put him back in when you go in next year.
2: I think something, uh,
0: something like those Niagara River flies
2: will work for smallmouth in the springtime too, or in dead summer. Not so much springtime, but dead summer.
4: Oh, little white deaths. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've caught smallmouth on that.
2: Catching a smallmouth worth catching? Any big mean, ones?
4: I mean, like nothing like not twenties, but fifteen, something like that. Okay. Decent fish. Average fish. Talk
2: into the microphone, PJ. Average fish, all right. There we go.
4: Now
0: I can hear you.
2: I thought I was close enough, but I guess I, I was off to the side. Th- you know? These are directional microphones. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if anyone doesn't know, PJ's not very experienced. This is his first microphone check.
4: See, before when I came here, you had just like clip-on mics. It was
2: It was a janky setup. It was
4: just janky. It was pretty shitty. Now <laughs> it's <not>, <laughs> the real deal. I don't know how to
0: handle it.
2: <laughs> We've been inviting you for months, man. I was busy. I
1: was oh, so busy. Sure.
0: It only Did takes Kelly to get you here. <laughs> well, fuck
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'd come if I was PJ also. Yeah. Heck yeah.
0: That was a good chat. Oh, yeah. So do we have
2: anything else we want to hit on? No, no, Before the end of the night? PJ, you got anything? Anything uh, that you re- remember from uh, the float that Jay would wouldn't remember? Uh, I mean,
4: I didn't fuck anything up this time. That's always a good thing. I didn't have him going full bitch mode crying because the rod, rod tip was in the water.
2: That's always that's, a good thing. That's hard to do with Jay. To <laughs> keep him out of full bitch mode? <laughs> it's pretty fucking hard. <laughs> um, he did tell us uh, Evans left some flies. He did. He did. Uh, Queen City Guiding.
4: Yeah, they're just basically glass minnows. They're
2: nice little. Glass minnows or uh, surf candies? Surf candies, yeah. So, yeah, they, they look nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely throw them. And that one, I like I like the jig hook one with the orange bead, with the belly or the egg sack?
4: Yeah, that yeah, one, the,
2: that one, the white and uh down one, down one. Yeah, that one is gonna hammer some
4: freaking stripers. See, I don't like SF blend. That's what it's his.
2: Yeah, I don't like SF blend for a tire fly. Why is that?
4: Ooh, it's right so there. stiff. It doesn't it doesn't swim. Like if if you're going for stiff. Like, if you want just, like, a bait first pattern darting around, it works for that.
2: Well, that's going to keep it from fouling, I think, on that style of fly.
4: Yeah. I like using SF plant
2: for, like, underwings,
4: but, uh, like, angel hair over top or, like, marabou or something like that, or bucktail like that. It just breathes. Marabou out. has I
0: do, soul. I do like that stiffness, I love marabou. though, because then it, it gives a good profile, which is nice. Yeah. Like, lake fishing and stuff like that, it's a good profile. Oh, when he was talking about not liking game changers. I felt that in my soul. I'm like...
4: I don't like Game Changers either. I'm not, I'm not tying that shit.
2: You don't like them either, PJ? No. I'd rather just
4: wrap Marabou, put rabbit strip on, and it does the same thing.
2: No, that's fine, man. I I, I don't have the patience was, for Game Changers. I was tying Game Changers and writing notes while watching Kelly videos. Today. Oh, yeah. Only because I've, I've just been on the kick.
4: I mean, what'd you get, like four Game Changers done for one video? Two.
2: <laughs> Two Game Changers done in four <laughs> videos. <laughs> They take fucking forever, I
4: mean his videos take forever too, but well they do he tells you so much shit,
2: but I was drinking beers, I was tying game changers yeah yeah, you know it's a good deal, but they just take forever that's to tie. What I like when
0: I do him it's like an occasion deal <coughs> last time I did that big one,
2: yeah, well and you're doing
0: they fish well
2: yours would eat mine, like I said, this is a big one for me, Mark and that's Three inches. Yeah, mine are like fifteen. So, I'm like I said, I'm just tying, getting, I'm prepping for uh, small
0: smallmouth season. But you know what? That that <laughs> changer takes you just as long as it takes me to tie a fifteen-inch one. Exactly, it does. <laughs> That's the issue.
2: But
4: I don't know. I mean, they're they're goddamn pretty. I like the I way can, they. Look. I can say
0: that they swim good.
2: I like the way they swim. I like the way they work. I just I don't know if I can keep justifying the amount of time that they take. Mm.
0: I remember last year, I tied a lot last winter. Feather changers. Um, And they take forever.
2: Where's where's that one at? Uh, This fly. Nope, not that fly. Nope, that's not a game changer.
0: This is a double hook fly.
2: This fly takes 20 minutes to tie. In comparison to this fly that takes (laughs) 60 minutes to tie.
4: They're the same thing. And
2: they're basically the same goddamn thing. They're the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... uh, it's hard for me to justify the game changers, but they just look so goddamn good. <laughs> they photograph so well. Oh, it, ma- it makes you—it makes you
4: look
0: like you know what you're doing.
2: It does. That's it. <laughs> I really don't, but it really makes me look like I know what I'm doing.
0: So it's a snazzy looking flow. I'll give you that. Whoops! I hit the microphone with my phone. <laughs> Is that a? have to start buying some eyes here soon. Now.
2: I got a ton of eyes.
4: Is that a pheasant wing or whatever?
0: That's from uh, a pheasant body.
4: Body, yeah. I, don't, I was from some kind of pheasant. I, just, I don't know what fucking part.
0: Should have put it on the back of the fly, though. Probably That's what keeps them. that hover down, <coughs> and then it swims parallel so that tail doesn't lift up. That's what that feather does for it. That's why they put them on the back. We'll see. Try it mean, on the yeah, next one. It'll, it'll catch them all though. Try I on the that. next one and see what it does. If it makes a difference or not.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. We'll see. If it doesn't,
0: who cares? What weight do you have in the head?
2: Um, There's probably a, a bead. Probably about
0: 25 foot of lead core wrapped <laughs> in there. and uh, Cause,
2: cause I see the dragon eyes. They're not
4: dumbbell eyes. I can't.
2: It feels it feels pretty heavy. There's probably a yeah,
4: tungsten Chad bead. Likes lead core. Or
2: I like <laughs> lead core. Like trolling wire or trolling line. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just take the coating off of it and wrap it. Oh, shit. I mean. Economic. Exactly, man. You buy 800 feet of it at a time. <laughs> <laughs> 800 feet for like five bucks. <laughs> They're, Mark and Jay are like, what is that, 025? I said, I don't fucking know. It's leg core. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still got lead from like the first fly tying kit I had.
4: They
0: give you a lot of fucking lead.
2: Do they? Uh, I,
0: yeah. I use I, a lot, especially like them big changers. I use a lot of lead in them. Do you?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't use any lead in my musky flies. Uh, I've been using those sea eyes. I dig
0: them. They use it to keel stuff. I, yeah, I use it a lot to keel stuff, especially on changers. Bigger changers, I'll use them a lot on it. Depending on what hook it is. If it's a heavy gauge hook, no. But if it's a lighter gauge hook, like them MTP-610s, they need yeah. a lot of keel. They're a light wire hook. They'll run right sideways. Right sideways mm-hmm. and... Hang and stuff on you. Yep. Them hooks like that, they need a lot of keel, depending on what it
2: is. So, do we have anything else we want to hit on tonight? Mm, no. I am good. Okay, man. Hey, tonight's show brought to us by The Slide In. Go check out Kelly Gallup. Tell, uh, tell him you heard him here first.
0: Predator Fly Gear. Check him out, PredatorFlyGear.com. Sims Fly Fishing.
2: Hey, tonight's show has been recorded at... The Urban Fly Company Studio. Check out urbanflycompany.com.
0: Tied on A-Rex Hooks. Find them at Oh, Check out A- A- Alsdorf Genetics.
2: You can buy Alsdorf Genetics at urbanflycompany.com. There you go. Check out Why Not Fishing and their app, The Dock.
0: And Yeti, built for the wild.
2: Hey, and you guys can have whatever you like.
5: The thing gets so weird and hits so right. Let me put this big boy in your life. That's right. I want your body. need your body. Long as you got me, you won't need nobody. You want it. I got it. Go get it. I buy. It. Tell the mother, broke nigga, be quiet. Stacks on your throne on ice. I can eat your pop, bottles on.
1: Go wherever yeah, you like.